everybody, welcome to the first episode of Your Standard Heroes, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast. Now this first episode is a little weird, uh, it's a one-shot set in the nation of Tidaloli. It's meant to give you a better idea of the world and particularly the threat of Harrow. Uh, the characters played are played by uh, players in the actual real party, but they are not the main characters that you will be following in the main campaign. Uh, it's also a little long because of that, sorry, one-shots are hard to gauge. Um, thank you for listening, I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you tune in next week for our actual first session, first proper episode. Uh, thank you, hope you enjoy it. <laughs> Alright, what are we doing? Where am I? Um, okay, so uh, we're actually going to start by, because this is just a one shot and no one knows who your characters are uh, rather than having there's not enough time for us to like build a thing and you already know all know each other so we go around the table and say uh, your name as a player your first name your first name as a player your pronouns uh, and what character you're playing and something about them and their pronouns so we're gonna start with you okay um, I'm Alex. Uh, I use she, her, her, pro uh, yeah, she, her, hers pronouns. Um, uh, I'm playing Ananki, who is a tiefling witch. Uh, and she's got a bit of an agenda. <laughs> Alright, so I'm Kelsey. I'm playing Yasni Stormfucker Halji. I think I'll go with Halji. Um, and... Yeah, she is a rock gnome barbarian who likes to make uh, kick up a little bit of a storm every once in a while. I am Jane. I use she, her, hers pronouns. I am playing Beltis Anunit, a paladin bodyguard who is very practical and gets the job done um, and may or may not also have an agenda. Uh, they use they, them, theirs pronouns. Uh, and I am Liz, DDM. I use she, her, hers, or these or zers. Uh, and I'm, like I said, the DM and sorting dice. I have too many dice. Um, so, uh, you guys have, well, two of you have been sort of hired onto this specific job. One of you has a more permanent sort of uh, employment situation. Um, but the third heir to the throne of Tidaloli, which is an ancient wood elven nation, it's one of the oldest in the world, it is now the oldest in the world since various nations fell to the neighboring continent, or the neighboring country of Harrow on the continent of Coinser. Um, ancient civilizations there were toppled, this is now the oldest and longest existing in the world. Its patron is a coatl, which is a winged uh, serpent, it's a celestial, so this is one of the few places in this prime material plane where religion plays an incredibly large part of their everyday lives. They, uh, the god that their patron serves is uh, Kotal, uh, who is also known as the Plumed One, and is a god of healing, feathers, and creation. Uh, Tidaloli itself is, just to give you an example, an idea of where you are, sort of in the middle of a mostly arid 
desert with tundra to the very far south past sort of a mountain range. There's a few rivers that are near it that give it sort of a little bit more ability to grow, but really what's incredible um, is that the people here have managed to, through their bond to their patron, through gifts from their patron's god, and through all of, you know, sort of their combined magics, make this absolute beautiful, incredible oasis in the middle of this arid land. This is a place where incredible fruit and vegetables and herbs and in incredibly valuable medicinal herbs as well grow where they really shouldn't. And you're in the capital city, which is Car Sarite, um, which is mostly constructed of sort of there's a city around a large number of pyramidal gardens, tiered gardens, where each noble family attempts to outdo one another with the amount of incredible things that they can grow from places far away, from other plains. They've got Feywild plants in some of these. It's pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, but nothing matches the uh, royal families, which are called, uh, they're called the Rubita. Nothing matches their garden, which is where you currently are. Uh, because they rule by their divine connection. And their divine connection is shown through the incredible bounty that they can, you know, reap from the earth. Um, that's how Koatl's blessing, uh, blessing is shown. Um, and so you find yourselves in the welcoming ceremonies that kick off the week of intense religious rites that the third heir to the throne, uh, Amira, which is a title that essentially means princess, Amira Istar uh, Rubita, is about to go through, has just hit her, her, the end of her first century and is about to be accepted as a full adult into the uh, religion. And so she is about to go through some, some very intense religious rites. And one of the things that they do for this is they bring out these incredibly powerful divine artifacts, or they bring out one. There's a pair of them called uh, Kotal's Tears, uh, and they brought out they bring out one because they help do incredible growth with the earth things. You may be sensing a theme, <laughs> um, and so at the third day of this week, the Kotal's Tear will make its first appearance and. Harrow has been silent for a year, but Tidaloli is the nearest country to it, and so they are concerned. So, Esther has arranged a little extra guardianship for herself and this item. Uh, so two of you are sort of in attendance, sort of as guards, but not necessarily that open about it. And one of you is very clearly a guard. Um, but you all find yourself at the start of this ceremony in this beautiful, incredible garden, uh, and the uh, Amira herself is standing at the front of a long line of well-wishers who come to greet her. What are you guys doing? I'm standing very close to her in case somebody decides to make a move to attack or to kidnap or, you know, doing the general bodyguard thing. I'm bored out of my mind. I am this deeply tanned rock gnome with a few sort of sailor-esque tattoos. 
just sort of leaning on a long sword and a warhammer that are respectively both about half of my body height. Um, and sneaking one of the fruits from a nearby bush as I watch the crowd. Um, I am uh, talking to various people. Um, I'm, uh, you know, a tall-ish, uh, purple-skinned tiefling, um, silver earrings all along my ears, long black hair, um, and, uh, dressed in fine clothes, um, but not looking particularly, you know, no armor, not looking particularly guard-ish, um, talking, uh, charming various, uh, attendees, um, trying to, you know, seeing what sort of information gathering, uh, but in a casual way, seeming like I'm just making conversation. Which is basically what I've asked you guys to do, to kind of keep an eye out, make sure that if there is any trouble, you know where it's going to come from, and you're ready to react very quickly. So, then with that, we're going to jump to the first well-wisher, first in line to greet the princess. This is a... Uh, a relatively middling height wood elf male steps forward. He's got a sort of a deep uh, tan skin and black curly hair, um, and he's wearing very fine uh, green and silver robes. Um, you recognize this individual, uh, Meltis. This is Utilar Aloris, who's a wood elven noble, um, who steps up and immediately grasps the Amira's hands and says, uh, Istar, it is so wonderful to see you come into your own. 23 insight. Uh, this is going to be happening a lot. <laughs> this guy the rules. Um, has been Every public event, this guy attempts to get close to Istar, and he's very publicly now, particularly because he's calling her by her first name, about probably about to announce a courtship of her. I frown at him. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he... He proceeds to talk with her briefly, like, he keeps trying to drag out the conversation and she's like smiling and like looking behind her and <laughs> him at like the, the line of people and she's like, yeah, yes, no, I, I mean, I, I do agree, no, the, the fruit growing is particularly difficult in, in the dry, but, um, Sir Loris, or whatever the proper way of addressing a noble. Yeah, sure, right. we'll go with that. Okay. Uh, I'm so very sorry to interrupt you, but I'm afraid we've got a long line of people who are here to, to wish the Amira well. I'm sure that you can catch up with her later. You know, I, I've also waited a, quite a long time in this line, and I just wanted to... I, I don't... I think the Amira can tell me herself when it's time for me to move forward. And Istar kind of looks at you, looks between the two of you, like... <laughs> we have a staring contest. <laughs> okay, uh, roll me an intimidation check. <laughs> Let's see how this goes. Nine. Okay, uh, let's, that's low enough that I'm not going to give you an automatic success. Let's see. Oh, that's pretty, yeah, the, you, um, you sort of 
try and posture a little bit and, and you slip a little bit with your like there's some there's a little bit of mud somewhere and you like almost fall and if any if he'd caught that it was like a slip he would have uh, been like huh, this loser but in fact it looks like maybe you're starting for him so he like backs off <laughs> success I give you an approving nod um, and uh, a smirk the Amira sort of pats your shoulder and says um the water feature's leaking. I noticed. Yeah. I want to be careful. Yeah, thanks. Um, so a, a few more people pass, uh, and then a, a individual who stands out pretty clearly against everyone else, this is a dragonborn, a silver dragonborn, steps forward. Um, most of the others are also nobles who came um, and who could, um, they sort of live here, so they, they got to jump the line because they could get up early enough to get in line properly, but technically anyone can stand in this line and greet the Amira. Um, it is sort of the beginning of this ceremony, and it's all about coming together and, and greet, meeting your people before you become a, a leader of the church is eventually what she would become. Um, so this is a silver dragonborn who very clearly from his clothing bears no money or noble title or anything like this, but this dragonborn does step forward um, and is carrying a sort of a small silk bag which he gives sort of a deep bow and presents to her and says, um, uh, this is, uh, uh, they're, they're seeds from, from Kivan which is the dragonborn nation. Um, they, they're, they're the greatest fruits I've ever known, and I thought maybe, I thought maybe you could do something with them. I'm curious enough about this guy to try and sighting him with my And I'm inciting everybody, but I only got an 11. That's a three. This is going well. <laughs> this guy's so excited. <laughs> He's, his, his tail is like twitching back and forth a little bit. I know dragonborns don't have tails traditionally, but they do in my world. Um, so he, you know, like he's like really excited to present her with these seeds. They probably picked himself and he came all this way to do this thing. He's so excited. That's very sweet. Um, and, and she smiles and thanks him and, and takes the seeds and opens the bag to sort of pluck through them. Um, which is maybe not her smartest idea in the world, but she does it anyway. And she tries to identify them, and she can't, and then he has to be moved along because the, uh, the people behind him, who are nobles, uh, are getting a little iffy. But they have a very cute little conversation where he's like, you know, so this is, um, I took the fruit and I dehydrated it, right, by doing, and I left it out in the stuff. It did, I did have to modify my methods a little bit here and there because some of them grew mold, not these ones. <laughs> Not these, no molten, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give you moldy seeds. Um, oh. And so she, she thanks him and he continues outward. Uh, the next person who's important, you know, there's, in between all these people, there's some people who are like, whatever. Uh, but the next person who steps forward is a tall, high elf, um, who is dressed in quite quite fine clothing, but also on top of that, some very heavily decorated studded leather armor um, that looks like it's studded with, with gems, possibly. Um, That's not and well, la -dee -da. <laughs> uh She is uh, decently, she's actually uh, tall, 
for an elf, which is a, a little short for a human typically. Um, she's got uh, sort of a golden, not actually golden skin, like high elves can have literally gold skin, but she's got sort of um, golden undertones with some, some golden freckles across her face and long, very straight, dark, dark hair and big brown eyes. And she does give a, a slightly muted bow as though she's not quite gonna bow to another person. She says, um, uh, oh God, this is an important voice. <laughs> um, uh, Amira Ishtar, uh, Rubita, it's very pleased to meet you. Um, I, I am of course here invited you to perform through the ceremonies, um, but I thought I would greet you at the start, since I won't have much time to talk to you during. Um, and Lady, uh, not Lady Amira, Amira Eastar does step forward and say, um, oh, uh, uh, Lady Athor, uh, it's it's very good, I'm, I'm a real, I heard you when I went to, um, you were you were on a tour in Kirtor, and I, I went there and I, I heard you perform, and it was, it was an experience. Um, and, some of you may recognize this person. This is a decently famous elven bard who performs the world over. Eleven insight. Okay. Um, I'm generally checking everybody to see if they have. Cool. She, you know, like she's not. She doesn't seem super excited to meet. Aethor's pretty uh, chill. This <laughs> digit, like she's kind of like this is a job and the thing I do. Yeah. And then uh, the Amira is kind of fangirling a little bit. She's like, oh my god. So, and you know, like Aethor lets her, like she, uh, the Amira asks to like touch uh, Aethor's uh, loot, and Aethor doesn't let her. There's <laughs> like it's a, it's a del it's magical. Um, to just maybe ma don't. No. I'm gonna go. I have to go for wonderful to, wonderful to meet you. Goodbye. <laughs> after they leave or later on in the thing, however you want to do this. If you don't do anything, I'm just going to keep going through this list that I got. <laughs> so when you get bored, let me know. Um, Before I interact with anyone, I'm going to, if I can find like a, somewhere where like not a lot of people are looking, there's like, like a sort of secluded corner um, mm -hmm. somewhere. Um, and I'm going to use a binding ritual uh, and summon a spirit of uh, uh, desire. I'm going to bind a spirit of desire to me. Okay, cool. Yeah, so you uh, roll a stealth roll real quick. Um, uh, it's an 18. Uh, yeah, I'd say with that you you're pretty sure you're unnoticed. Um, roll me perception real quick. Not as good. Um, uh, that's an 11. Uh, yeah, like you're pretty sure you're unnoticed. The only things that see you are birds. There's a bunch of birds around. There's a lot of birds in this place. Forgot to mention that. Tidal Lake has a lot of birds and a lot of flying carpets. They're very airborne. Gotcha. <laughs> It, the, the you just gotta hope that the birds and the flying carpets don't collide that often. <laughs> well, the birds know to avoid the flying carpets now because the flying carpets will often be like, "We're no, 
Gotta hope none of these birds are polymorphed people. <laughs> uh, Never be certain. Um, but yeah, so I bind the spirit of desire. Okay. I assume you're gonna let me know what you do with that later. Yeah, well that, the, um, the, what you call it, the, um, effect that it has, for as long as I have it bound, the sort of background effect that it has is that I get um, advantage on all charisma checks when interacting with people uh, who, or creatures who find my race and gender attractive. Alright, yeah, sure. Um, okay. Uh, so the next in the line after Aethor, uh, actually yes, immediately after her, uh, there's no in between them, is a human individual with sort of um, olive skin and uh, brown hair uh, who steps forward wearing, um, it's sort of like very formal leather armor. Like it's not like studded with gems or anything, uh, but it's, you know, very, it's sort of a cross between leather armor and formal wear. Um, and this, this man steps forward and he, uh, bows, again, not as deeply, necessarily, um, and uh, says, uh, Amir Istar, uh, Ruddy, I come from uh, representing Justica, uh, who of course regrets that she could not accept your invitation herself, but she's uh, quite involved in Valore at the moment, what with just ascending to the High Sword Lord position. Um, sword Lord. Yeah, that's the people who rule the the uh, Valore Mal Marilith patron hex blades. It's a whole thing. I'm not sure how many of those words Maggie can you. It's just I just like the rhyme. How did they not laugh when they call themselves sword lords? Uh, because they take it very seriously. Also, some of them do laugh. They're the ones who don't ascend to that rank. <laughs> well, no, we, uh, that's a whole other world-building thing, but the the sword chooses the lord. <laughs> oh, wow. The sword chooses the wizard. Who <laughs> once had a black blade, which is, sounds like it's a similar thing, that called itself herring and was completely mad. <laughs> it was a good time. Um... Basically, I'm going to stay at my post until mm -hmm. the line is over. Okay. Uh, I certainly have things I want to do after that. Okay. Um, so there's only two more two more people in the line that we're going to definitely <coughs> get to, and then if you guys if it drags a little bit, I'll just start making up random people. <laughs> um, so uh, if no one else is doing anything, the next person up a, a few people later, there is a sort of about three foot tall, looks maybe only about, you know, very young childhood, like uh, seven to eight in human years, is a wood elven child with um, dark skin and curly black hair, wearing probably the nicest clothes that she owns that's holding, um, she's holding a little letter, uh, and she steps up and she presents the letter to uh, Amira Istar and says, um, Hi, uh, I'm, I'm, I, did, I sent you another letter explaining, I'm, my, I have, I'm gonna, an orchid at the final ceremony, I'm gonna present you with an orchid. I, my school all got together and we grew it together and it's really, it's new. We made it. 
Hi, I'm Zakini. Uh, that's my name. Hi. Yeah. And uh, 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 the Amira sort of like uh, bends over a little bit and like uh, takes the letter and reads it and says, "Oh, your handwriting. You you write Elvish very well. How long have you been? How uh, who who's your handwriting teacher? Oh, I should you know." She like talks with her briefly, um, and then if no one does anything after that, <laughs> the next person up is. Uh, a half wood elven individual dressed in sort of uh, garments that are clearly designed for a colder environment, <laughs> um, who is definitely uh, sweltering a little bit. Uh, this is someone uh, quite pale with bright red hair um, and freckles and a slightly pointed ears that clearly devote not full elven heritage, but some elven heritage. Uh, steps forward and says, uh, uh, Amira. Uh, Amira Istar, it's, it's very, very nice to meet you. Uh, I, of course, have met you. I've been here for some time already, uh, but and I do have a gift for you every day, as is in a custom with a variety that's it, that's they sent me. Um, but I, I have a special gift for you today on the, the opening of your ceremonies. Um, and he hands her an emerald, emerald vine-like bracelet with delicate sapphire flowers on it that's quite gorgeous. Um, um, can I do an arcana check on the bracelets from the yeah, sure. bar? That's not great. Um, that's, uh, 13. Uh, it's, it's very pretty. <laughs> and if the, the gems might have been grown specially for this, or maybe cut with an expert hand, you're not, you, it's, it's sparkly. <laughs> And I've got either a net one or a seven on inside. <laughs> uh, yeah, this, this, this seems, you've actually, uh, this guy did arrive uh, a couple days ago, actually, and he did actually come with, it is a week of things, he has seven gifts to give. This is the first of many, um, and every day he will present her with another one, uh, because he is from the other Vanilla nation to the far to the north, which is uh, very easy. That's a pretty bracelet. Uh, so after that, you know, like there's more people who come through a little bit, but the line sort of, that's the majority of the lines, everyone important. Um, and you're sort of at this party for a little bit where you can, you can talk to any of these people that have just been introduced yeah. or, you know, you cannot, you can talk um, to anyone else. I would like to find one of the younger serving staff. Um, one of the more inexperienced ones, mm -hmm. um, and take them aside for a moment. Okay, so you you pull aside a young individual wearing uh, they're all they're all wearing the color of their body, which is a sort of a bright uh, emerald green. They're wearing sort of doublets made out of not doublets robes because this is not a doublet kind of country. Robes is a general general term made out of that uh, sort of a, a light fabric that's been dyed quite quite well. Okay. Um, hi there, you're doing a fantastic job tonight. I'm very impressed with your work. Um, they they know who I am, right? Like, oh yeah. They, okay. But that's <laughs> yes. this person's <laughs> instantly concerned. Yes. Like not it's not hidden. This person immediately goes. Yeah. I've got 
a slightly unusual task for you, but I think that you are up to the challenge. You see Sir Loris over there. I have reason to believe that he has some designs on the princess, on the Amira, and I think that, as we all know, he's kind of a little bit of a creep. I don't think he would be very good for her. Um, and I try to be, I, I try to really sell this. If there is any rumor that I've heard about him, I will totally bring it up. Um, but I think that it might help if we could, you know, head off any sort of announcement that he might be making. Um, could you maybe spill something on him tonight? I promise I would make it worth your while. Roll me a persuasion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. And hope it goes better than my previous rolls. I cannot roll for the life of me today. <laughs> That's a nine. Um, this person goes, it's not that um, I, I don't want, you're very, my sister works for his household. Okay, I, I wouldn't want to put you in a difficult position. I, I understand. So sorry to, to make you uncomfortable. I'll, I'll walk away. I don't uh, want to burn any bridges. <sighs> that didn't work. Uh, uh, could either of us overhear that conversation? Uh, roll perception. And then certainly trying to be still uh, here. <laughs> I'm uh, 12? No. Okay, no. If I had, I could press digitate something onto him. Yeah, I'm but... sure you could. You would definitely be the person to ask, and I would like to, but I don't want it to be somebody connected to me. <laughs> um, Alright, then, since I couldn't hear that, um, I am... Uh, I sort of scouted the... I'm looking around at this party for any... Uh, any like other nobles or just like well to do like wealthy people with you know like who are the type to throw money around to, to impress people um who i think would potentially be attracted to me well there's a lot of people here um and theoretically any here's the here's the issue a lot of them are elves and elves have sometimes things about non-elves. It's so the ears. That's, that's, it's the ears. It's a delicate, delicate line that you tread. So uh, there's probably some people. Um, one person who does sort of stand out in that regard is looking like someone who has a decent amount of money would definitely be the person wearing gem-studded armor. Yeah, well, that, was, that wasn't the singer, though, right? That, that was the singer. That was the singer. That was the singer. All right. Um... Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll go, I'll, I'll go over to her. Okay, she is, um, she's sort of playing mood music in the background for people, and she looks kind of bored. I can't imagine this is making the most of your exceptional talents. It's not. But... One must maintain friendships. Oh, absolutely. Um, 
I just think it's a shame that uh, they... Oh, important thing I forgot to note about Aver. She's also wearing just a light sort of ma golden masquerade mask, which notes her as probably from Shadal, which is a country that always wears masks. Yeah. And it, there are two desert countries on the main continent that always wear masks. Oh. Hmm. Forgot to mention that detail. Oh, Shadal. Um, I just, I just think it's a shame that someone as talented as you, uh, has, is, has to play, you know, mood music. You should be able to express the full extent of your creativity. Yes, well, that's what tours are for. Oh, I'm, sh I know, but it's, it's not a, uh, I'm not, I don't mean to be, uh, downplaying your part I, I merely mean to say that the people who have hired you uh, don't seem to be making the most of their money or the talent that they've hired and what would you have me play whatever you wanted to play frankly I'm much more interested in hearing music that musicians enjoy playing than things that I would, uh, or that I or others would uh, force them to play. I think they're, whatever brings the musician joy um, or pleasure to play uh, is what's going to sound the best. I think you'd find yourself alone in that not alone, perhaps, but rare. Most people just prefer the favorites. I think you'll find I'm rare in many regards. <laughs> Roll me a persuasion check. <laughs> I'm so good at those, though. Um, do I get advantage? Yes. Okay. Oh, that's so good. Um, persuasion... Uh, that is a 22. <laughs> okay. Um, she does sort of smile at you, and there is an element of, um, she doesn't know exactly what you're doing. She, you know, like, she's getting the gist that you're putting out. She's not uninterested. Um, but, uh, you do actually notice that this, roll me a perception check real quick. Um, again, not good with the perception checks. <laughs> um, that's an 11. Um, yeah, you're not going to notice anything at this moment about her then. Other than her eyes keep flitting away from you, but you think she's just watching the party periodically. Yeah. I mean, really, what my, I mean, I'm ha super happy flirting with her. My, my intent was to find some sucker and, like, get him to give me money. Um, okay, what's but your, like, are you going to try and take that tact with her? No, I get the vibe that that's not going to work with her. Um, she's, she's pretty canny. Yeah, that's, no, like, it's it's fun flirting with her. It's fun, you know, trading quips. But that, she's definitely not the, like, I'm, I'm experienced at this. I know who I can con and who I can't con. Okay, so you're going to go away and con someone, or are you going to keep talking to her? Um, I probably, I, you know, I, I think I say, I, I give a parting word. I, you know, okay. I'm like, if you're at all interested uh, uh, in talking more I know I am 
Um, I'd love to speak to you more later uh, when you're not quite so busy. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see how the night goes. Of course. Um, and then I leave and I try to find someone to con. Okay, yeah. Uh, roll me just a general... We, well, we'll hold on to that. We yeah. might play through that, we might not, yeah. depending on how things go. Yeah, so I'm going to scan around a little bit. Is there anyone who seems to be not having a good time particularly, or seems to be acting a little weird? Because this is supposed to be a party, so I think anyone... Um, well, people are having good times in different ways, some of them. Like uh, uh, the silver dragonborn who stepped up uh, is having a great time not talking to anyone and just looking at all the plants. <laughs> just all the plants. Um, uh, the human official representing the sword lord is standing uh, sort of like... What you, if you watch him for a while, you'll see that like, oh, he'll walk up to someone and have a nice conversation with them and smile, and then they'll walk away and he'll have a moment where he stands there looking bored out of his mind. I sympathize. And then he'll go somewhere else and talk to someone else. Um, and the small wood elven child mm -hmm. who is presenting an orchid to the Amira at the end of the week, uh, is sort of looking overwhelmed. Okay, then I uh, go over to the buffet table, mm -hmm. grab a couple of choice items, I'm guessing some little fruit tarts or something. Oh yeah, there's all kinds of fruit shit here. <laughs> <laughs> I head over to the little kid. Hey, you want one? Oh! I'm probably uh, about her height. Yeah, <laughs> she's a little shorter. Like, a little shorter. But not that much shorter. Oh! Uh, yeah, thanks. What, what's in, what, I'm not very good at identifying fruit once it's been cooked. Um, this one, I'm guessing pawpaw, the other one I'm not as sure of. Okay, and she, she bites into the one you're not sure of. She's like, there's too many flavors. Yeah, here, swap with me then. I hand her the pawpaw one. She eats it. She, she likes it. Mm -hmm. She's hey, smiling. If you need a breather, there's some quieter areas of the garden over there. You could look at some of the flowers. Oh, no. Probably I, worth I, your time. I, I'm, I'm, I like being here. There's, there's lots of things happening here. I, I like being here. Kid, it's okay if sometimes the adults are a little bit much or a little boring. You can take your space. Oh, they're just, they're, they're very tall. I look up. True. I'm mostly seeing butts. <laughs> I'm about butt height. <laughs> well, there's some fountains over there. You could climb up onto one of them and maybe get a better view. I don't think I'm supposed to climb on fountains. Yeah, that one over there looks like it's designed for sitting on. I think you'll be fine. Okay, maybe. She's not appeared to move into that. She's pretty solidly where she is. <laughs> you can also at this point, by the way, uh, roll perception on her. Um, yeah, might as well. Um, yay. That is, oh, except I have shitty was 17. Okay, so with a 17, um, 
you'll notice that while she is looking sort of overwhelmed and sort of like the way her eyes are darting around initially made you like go like overwhelmed, she's also like paying pretty close attention to some choice individuals here. Like she's watching like she her eyes keeps flitting to the Amira, but then she's also flitting to a number of like wealthy looking nobles and she seems to be paying pretty good attention to everything that's happening here. Hmm. It seems a little unusual for a kid. Well, what's going on caring about the nobles so much? Oh, well, if if my, my if the orc, well, my school did it, but I'm presenting and I was selected for, if that, then maybe I could get a job as one of their gardeners. Oh, so that's what you'd like to be when you're bigger, huh? Yeah. Garden, uh, well, I've got an insight, but. Uh, yeah, sure, yeah. girl, insight. Um, 16. Um, let me just do something real quick. There's, there's certainly something not true there. Like, there's, there's a moment where she was, she was always gonna go, oh yeah, was sort of feeling like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be one of their, you know. But like, then she's like, she changes the tone a bit at the last second, so there's something a little not true there. Come on, fess up. What's it you're after? They've got a lot of rare plants and I want to steal one. Okay, honest. Uh... Hmm. You know what? I'm not gonna try to lead you down a life of crime. <laughs> Maybe it can end badly. Um... But I'm not gonna steer you away from it. Just... Make sure that it's not the Amira's garden, and maybe don't no, tell- No, I'm steal one of their sets of keys and then break into one of their gardens and steal a good plant. I like this kid. <laughs> I'm getting paid to keep you from doing that right now. Well, mostly to keep you from- You- What? I thought you were here to see the Amira. <laughs> the only way I'm gonna stay- <laughs> Nice undercover skills. For more than ten minutes is if I'm getting paid. Anyways. I'd stay out of the Amerius Garden if I were you. Um, but if you really want to learn how to pick a lock and go someplace else. I don't want to pick the lock, I want to steal the key. They, they trust me. the food. Picking a lock is easier. Especially if they have know somebody with a finding spell. I don't need the keys for very long. I just need them briefly, like at night. I need them not to notice for a look. Uh-huh. I've, I have thought it out a bit. Not terribly well. Trust me, kid. I've run with some, uh... I know some professionals. You're not <laughs> in those leagues yet. She is a kid. Of course she's not <laughs> professional. <laughs> Were you expecting her to be a master thief? <laughs> She's sort of cross. She's clearly sulking. She's like crossing her <laughs> arms. She's almost overperforming sulking. Like if she does that, you you'll just you won't like push her any further or like do anything. I'm like, eh, it could be good someday. You've just got to not get caught until then. God, what am I doing? <laughs> Whatever. Don't steal anything important, kid, or break anything. I won't. 
I want to teach this Bullshit, kid. Turn around and walk away. I make sure to keep a little bit of an eye on her. I want to take her under my wing and <laughs> teach her a life of crime. <laughs> I think she's going to be good. I kind of want to watch Aloris a little bit. Does he look like he is working himself up to an announcement today, or is it going to be some other day? Um, roll insight. Nope. Twelve. Um, so he, he's, you know, he, he's not, it's almost like he's kind of avoiding the Amira a little bit, like he's talking to a lot of influential people at the party, but he's sort of waiting for something, but as you watch him, your bet would be that he'd do something like that the final night. Okay. Cool. Then I've got some time to work after this. <laughs> um, are you talking to anyone else? Not really. Do I know anybody who, like, knows the good gossip? Or, you know, the hot gossip? <laughs> yeah, or, or would be able to investigate noble houses to dig up stuff. Noble houses? Or, you know, Alorus. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you don't have a friend, but you do have... An enemy. A person, like a relationship that you maintain with someone who is from uh, one of the minor noble houses who uh, works just sort of garden maintenance in terms of like the mechanical maintenance and designs various uh, mechanic new, you know, like pump systems and things like that for some of the uh, uh, noble houses. Uh, he himself is not noble, he is at this party. Um, and he is a, a full wood elf and sort of a little bit elderly. Um, and he's sort of at the moment, uh, it looks like he's spotted the water feature that's leaking, and he's like examining it in a way that he's probably like if it weren't mm, this big of a part, he might just roll up his sleeves and fix it. <laughs> like, oh, it's bothering him. But he also, because of that, gets in everywhere, and he's like that old busybody kind of guy. Excellent. But I don't know him personally. Like, I don't have. No, you you know him. You you're not friends. Okay. Like, you don't necessarily like him that much. But, and he doesn't necessarily like you that much, but like you talk to one another. Okay. If we don't have a pre-existing relationship, I don't really want to go and ask him for something like that right now. But I might try to think about what sorts of bribes would work on him. Okay. Is he, yeah, I mean, this doesn't have to happen today, um, but ideally, you know, like, things that he would like to happen or would not like to happen, <laughs> I'm going to try to figure out. Okay. Um, so, uh, about two or three hours into the party, the sort of uh, religious ceremony that's taking place today begins, which is that uh, the Amira herself stepped up to the very top layer of the garden, uh, which is, um, it's a small ring of trees, um, each one grown in this same fashion, uh, that she is about to grow a tree. She steps up with a carefully selected seed, 
she gets up there, she um, clears sort of an area to sit, ceremonially plants the seed in the ground, kneels over it with her hands sort of pressed down onto it, and appears to be channeling some kind of energy, casting something, reciting some kind of uh, sort of magical incantation. Um, and she will stay in that position, reciting that for an hour as the tree grows. So uh, at this point, people just sort of settle down a little bit. The music stops. It's like not, it's meant to be sort of a quieter time. Uh, more food is passed out, uh, more than just the buffet. Um, and drinks go around as they watch her sort of show of devotion. Um, so you can continue to talk to anyone, or you can say, cool, that happens. I'm just generally keeping an eye out for suspicious people. This does not seem the time to be conning someone, like, in the middle of this, <laughs> especially if people are being, like, generally kind of quiet and respectful, so. Mm -hmm. I'm bored, but there's food. Um, so at this point, I'm actually going to have the both of you, well, all three of you, roll perception. How are you rolling it on different people? That's a magnificent 11. 22, excuse me. Okay. Um, uh, 17. Okay. Um, so you are watching uh, Utilar Aloris quite closely. Yes, I am. Um, and he himself seems to have sort of folded himself over and uh, not fold himself over. He's like sitting, leaning back in the chair, sort of arms folded. And he's watching the Amira quite intently. But he's also periodically glancing around and noting who else is actually watching and who isn't. Um, and he actually makes eye contact with you. Um, and uh, there's sort of a, another sort of staring contest yes, that is. happens. And he, he sort of gives you a smile that's like, try and stop me. Um, you, with your 11, are watching uh, the child, uh, Zakiti, um, and she is, now that people are sort of sitting down a little bit more, she's walking up, not to the people that she was necessarily watching so closely, but she's walking up to people and talking to them when they're more on her level, um, and she seems to be keeping a sharp eye out for anyone's pockets who might fall a little bit more open while they're seated. And you do manage to catch that because she's not necessarily that subtle about it. Yeah, if she tries to pickpocket somebody, I'm probably going to haul her off to the side. Okay. And you watch Aethor, who has ceased her playing for the moment and is having some food. Um, she isn't really talking to anybody, but her eyes are still flitting around. And what you watch her, what you notice now that you watch her from afar is that she is watching the birds very intently. And in fact, when a, uh, a sometimes a bird will come somewhat near her, like it'll, they, they're not super afraid of people, they'll land on branches next to her sometimes, and she will sort of turn and just watch, she won't move her mouth or anything, she'll just watch it very carefully. Uh, and in fact, she looks very deeply at, um, there's a, a, not a crow, but something like a crow that lands near her that she has that she sort of you know like looks has this staring contest with 
Uh, if I wanted to check, make a check to see if it's um, like a polymorphed person or uh, familiar or something, um, what kind of check would that be? Arcana. Okay, make an Arcana check. Um, uh, that's a fifteen. Um, there's definitely something weird about the way that bird is acting. It could be a polymorph person. It could be a familiar. You're not sure. You know that. Bards don't typically have familiars, but bards can also like learn spells from other classes. So it might have took find familiar or anything like that. So it is sort of behaving the way the familiar might. Interesting. I keep watching her and the bird and stuff intently. And also I look at the other birds, see if they're acting weird. Most of them are just acting like birds. You will roll a nature check. Do you know how birds act? <laughs> I don't know, do I? Probably not. That's a nine. No, you. They're like you're like that. Could be weird, or it could birds. <laughs> <laughs> um, what you, I cut you off because I didn't. I thought I would describe and then people could do things. No problem. So, uh, uh, what are you doing about uh, Utilar, Dolores? Um, you seem to kind of be on your game tonight. Like when you talk to people, they seem to be responding well. Um, I'm gonna sidle up to you. How are you enjoying the party? Not a huge fan of nobles, but the party is not <coughs> terrible. Also, just based on my research, does this seem like the sort of person who would be amenable to being part of a scheme to like hurt a noble's reputation? You picked these people. They're, I don't think either of them is necessarily that scrupulous Okay. in general. Perfect. Or at least isn't known for it. To, you've got a very specific reputation. <laughs> yeah. You might think you know things about my character. I don't know if anything you know about my character is true. But <laughs> probably not, but... Yeah, we'll find out. You probably know I used to be a pirate. Cool. Um, so do I know any anything negative about this guy? Or is he just like a super model citizen? <laughs> Uh, well, what kind of negative are you talking here? Uh, just something that would make people not approve of him as a candidate for a prince. Princess. Oh, right, sorry. Um, well, I mean, there are wood elves who believe in this divine connection that they have to the gods. So, like, first of all, disrupt it, you know, like, any interaction with well, there's sort of a twofold way that you could go here that this person might be amenable to, where she is a tiefling. So there's an association with that. And then she's also, well, I should have phrased it this way. She's not an elf. <laughs> and then she is a tiefling. <laughs> so there's certain ways this could go tonight. You could make this bad for him or fabricating a story similar to that. But also any... You know, like, you don't necessarily know anything at the moment. Um, you do know that he, like, hangs around Istar a bunch. And he's not... She's just hitting the end of her first century. He's about to hit the end of his second. Okay. So he's not, like, suit... It's basically, like, the difference between, like, 25 and 18. Okay. Not, like... It's not really big, creepy, but, but, but just like, on the edge of where people look at it a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. 
I have, as you know, a sacred duty to watch out for the best interests of the Amira. And I'm getting a bad feeling about this one noble. I was wondering if you could help me look into him and just see if he's, you know, on the up and up. Always amenable to uh, fucking with nobles. Excellent. That's just what I've got in mind. Um, so, whether so, I think that there's this gardener I point him out um, who who might have some connections, or if you want to dig around yourself, whatever you think best. But I would kind of love to get some dirt on him, or learn that there is no dirt to be had in the next few days, if possible. I will uh, see what I can do for you. Thanks so much. Let's see. So I think at this point, um, about an hour has passed, um, and over the course of this hour, um, seed sprouted, a sapling grew. There's now a tall, proud cherry blossom tree in sort of uh, on the edge of this ring of trees that is flowering. Um, and Amira Istar does step down from this, having completed, you know, like the full growth. This is like, in about an hour, she has fully grown a tree. <laughs> um, and she steps down, she is a little bit shaky and very <laughs> tired. And her, her legs are, you step up to help her, yes, her I legs do. are probably pretty asleep at the moment. Cool. Um, and this concludes the, the evening's ceremonies, and she does sort of give like a, Thank you all for coming. I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. That sort of thing. And she, um, you have a chance to uh, do whatever you want at, as the night ends. Um, do you have anything that you do during the night? Do you have any conversations with anyone? Do you want to talk to Istar? You can do whatever. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I want to talk to her, but not about anything in particular. Just okay. Like, I like hanging out with her. Okay. Yeah. She. Um, she tells you about how in the middle of what she was doing, she forgot where she was in the prayer, so she just started reciting um, a children's story and no one noticed. <laughs> and it still worked. So she's not sure what that means. I think it means that you're favored. I think it means that it's... I think it means I could have gotten the tree bigger if I knew what I was doing more. Uh, are there more ceremonies and such? There'll be one every day this week. Got it. Well, you'll have lots of time to practice. Mm. I'm sure they will grow a very impressive tree tomorrow. No, I mean, we don't we do not do the tree again. Oh, okay. Tomorrow, uh, so if none of you do anything in the night other than yeah. grief conversation, do you go home with anyone? I'm trying to think if I'm gonna try to flirt with, um, the bard more or Athor, or if I'm gonna try to go get started on trying She's to get dirt on the dude. A threesome with two people who are at elves would be even better. Have <laughs> <laughs> a threesome. Well, she is an elf. She's a high elf. Oh, okay. She's not a wood elf. She's. She looks to be. Oh, I think. I can't remember where I aged her. I think she looks to be you know like mid mid first century not first century mid cent she's like 150 ish okay um uh, i still want to do um 
Yeah, there's there's more time to fuck with the dude. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go find Aethor. Um, I'm gonna go find Aethor. Okay. Um, so she's uh, packing up her instrument. She it looks like something that she doesn't let anyone else touch. So she's sort of carefully wrapping it and putting it in some kind of a carrying case sort of thing. And it's it's the sort of thing that like she's a a, a noble. You would have found out she does have like a small noble title in Shadal. Um, but she does not, um, but she's sort of doing things herself and she doesn't seem to have a large retinue with her despite the gems. Well, uh, I can't say I wasn't impressed by your performance today. You are, it's a pleasure to listen to you, uh, regardless of what you're playing. Well, it's a pleasure to be listened to. That's every bard's dream, I'm sure. I sense sarcasm. No, I, I live my life to give others pleasure. <laughs> uh, yes, I know how that can be. Um, well, how about for tonight you let me give you pleasure? <laughs> <laughs> usually matter how bad my lines are, they usually work. I, I can see that. <laughs> I've got a meeting with a friend tonight. Interesting. Perhaps another night. I roll insight check on roll the meeting with a friend. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, that's a 21. Um, her eyes do flit to the branch next to her. Where there is that crow-like bird. Okay, what do I have? Uh, uh, well, I won't hold you up then. Perhaps another night. Perhaps. And she collects her thing and turns, and actually, she's going to roll something on you real quick. Oh, yeah, that was good enough that she turns and she seems to have like caught your eyes flicking and she turns and she gives like a noise and the crow-like bird hops onto her finger and she smiles at you and she walks away with it. Alright, um, I find you and I say watch out for birds. Any birds in particular? I... I'm not totally sure what was up uh, with this. I couldn't necessarily detect any magic uh, going on. I didn't, didn't, nothing seemed arcane, but um, the performer tonight uh, seemed to have, be quite preoccupied with her pet bird, I suppose, a, a raven of some sort, uh, or a dark a corvid. A for corvid. Sure. Uh, yeah, a bird. Roll nature again to see if you can identify what bird this is. Oh, that's not bad. Um, that's an 18. Okay, this is a bird that's actually sort of not native to asset necessarily, but to sort of coastlines. I 
think is what I did. I can't remember. This is a rook. Okay. Um, well, I described what the bird looked like. And I'm, uh, yeah. Um, her uh, pet bird, I suppose, or po- possibly just a bird, possibly a person polymorphed into a bird, possibly a familiar, I don't know. Um, but she was quite preoccupied with it. And uh, she mentioned a meeting with a friend tonight that uh, would not stop looking at the bird. Thanks for letting me know. I'll look into it. I assume I can figure out where she's staying. Oh, yeah, sure. I would like to. I don't remember how long invisibility. An hour. Sweet. <laughs> I would like to become invisible and then go and, you know, if there's a window or the crack of a door. Roll me survive. Mm. Give you an option, survival or perception, to see if you can track her. Perception. Okay. 18. Okay, so you do manage to follow her for a while. Um, uh, so you, you manage to follow her back to her room, um, but I think you actually managed to slip inside her room as well. Roll stealth for me to see if you get just for that. Okay. I also don't want to go anywhere that I can't leave. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you're not following her into her room? Uh, does she have an open window, or does she look like she's... She definitely has an open window. Does she look like she's trying to be stealthy? I mean, she looks like she's going home after a yeah. performance. Okay, cool. I'll go in. She's got an open window. I might be able to get out. If not, figure something out. Okay, roll stealth. 17. Okay. Alright, um, so what happens here is that you, you do manage to step inside her room with her. She actually has sort of a suite, which is, uh, she's got like a, the first place that you enter into is sort of an antechamber, then there's a little uh, bedroom, and then there's a small room off to the side that's tiled for cleansing yourself. Um, and that one also has a window. Um, you don't follow her into the bathroom, I think. No. Um, and so she, she steps into the bathroom, um, and I want you to roll insight on her real quick to see if she thinks she's being followed. 20. She does seem to be, she's very cautious, and she's not looking back, but the, the bird is now sitting on her shoulder, um, and she does walk in, and she does, she doesn't talk to it. She doesn't say anything. Um, and when she gets to her room, she puts down her instrument on the bed, and then she immediately goes into the bathroom, and then it is quiet for a very long time. And you're beginning, you're getting close to the end of your invisibility. Yeah. And the bird is in there with her? Or? The bird is in the bathroom with her. The bird just stayed on her shoulder. Okay. Um, while I was looking at the bird, could I have done an arcana on it? Yeah, sure. No, 12. Um, you might be a familiar. <laughs> yeah. You might be a polymorph person. You don't know how. Polymorph only lasts an hour, so you're not like sure on that one. Yeah. Could also be a druid <laughs> beast shape. There's a lot of options yeah. for birds. <laughs> um, I'm going to renew invisibility and position myself near an open window. Okay. You position yourself near an open window. She, the bathroom door's not opening. She's been in there like 
an hour now. Wow. And you can't hear anything, by the way. There's like no noise coming from the bathroom. I see. Like no noise at all. Like no noise at all. Okay, fuck it. I'll leave. Okay. I'm not gonna burst in there and call her on her silence <laughs> Um. Yeah, I'm just gonna leave. Okay. You slip out the door, no problem. No one notices anything. Uh, and then I think uh, we're going to take a break here for like 15 minutes to eat food and then uh, we're going to pick up at the next morning when things kick off. Uh, so it is the next day, we're just going to speed things up a little bit here, um, and uh, Amira Istar Rabita is about to head into this, the high temple, uh, sort of it's uh, the literally the tallest building in the uh, city. It's at the very top of a very tall uh, pyramidal tiered garden, um, and it itself is surrounded by incredible, fantastic plants. And it actually does host many birds because, of course, the god of this is the plumed god, uh, who is a god of feathers, and his feathers do incredible things. <laughs> um, so she is about to begin the final ascent into the top tier, uh, where she will, it's nearly dawn, as the sun rises, she will enter the temple, and at dusk people will return to see her exit. Until then she is alone in the temple. So, what are you doing? At some point when she is not in the view of a crowd, I'm going to cast aid on her, because that's the only long-term spell that I have. Okay. Yeah, you probably managed to do that. You probably did that before you got here. Like, I you probably, probably stopped, you know, like, uh, uh, bef before you left her room, so you were like, yeah, you know, it's case. Just a little bit of help here. Yeah, exactly. You know. I, I don't like the idea of you being all alone in a building for an entire day. It's fine. No one else will be in there. I hope not. No one else should be in No one else can get in there. They, they close doors. Big stone doors. It'll be fine. I'm gonna cast this just in case if that's okay with you. Alright. <laughs> I cast. <laughs> yeah. She gets a uh, plus five, I think. Hit points, yeah. Plus five hit points to her current and max. Yeah, so I would, or in the morning, check in with you. So I hear today's gonna be boring. That's the hope. Anything I can do to help keep it boring? Um, yeah, I'm thinking if we kind of like patrol and keep an eye out. Watch the perimeter. Yeah. Watch watch the doors, watch the roof, wherever you think people might sneak in, if people are going to sneak in. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Um, by the way, I tell you about the stuff that I found last night. She stayed in the bathroom an awfully long time. I didn't hear any noise at all, which makes me believe that she was, that she had a spell up to silence her. Did you tell me this the night before? Yes. Okay, good. Um, in that case, this morning, uh, when I wake up, I prepare, uh, uh, speak with animals among my first level spells. Okay. So, sort of, I, I try to find, like, you know, a shady corner or something. Like, just sort of stand off to the side, not, not make, to, not, uh, draw much attention. Like, I'm not trying to hide. Mm -hmm. I'm just, you know, trying to sort of fade into the background. Um, and, 
you know, there are birds flying everywhere, right? You said? Oh, yeah, all over the place. Um, so I find, uh, a, I, I cast Speak with Animals and I find, you know, a bird or a cluster of birds or something. Okay. Um, were you looking for any particular type of bird? Um, no. Okay. Just any bird. Pretty easily you find a, a small cluster of, um, cockatoos. Okay. Well, are there, I, I, okay, I know I don't know anything about birds, even though I, I rolled that, like, 18, I think, to figure out what kind of bird the one that she had was, yeah. but I know I don't really know anything about birds, but do, are there any birds that seem, like, smart? Like, cockatoos, I feel like, are gonna be, like, <laughs> like, you know, like, not the most intelligent conversationalists. Um, you can either go jays, which are another species of corvid, <laughs> or you can go pigeons, which are surprisingly intelligent. I'll find a pigeon. I'll find... Oh, yeah, yeah. you find, like, a common pigeon. It's just yeah. a regular old pigeon. It's a pigeon. Yeah. Um, uh, are, have they put out food and stuff? Oh, I mean, like, there's fruit all over that these birds eat. Yeah. So I, I have a piece of fruit, and I'm, like, sort of casually, like, ripping little pieces and putting it, like, on the ground. Um, uh, and I've cast Speak with Animals, and mm -hmm. I say, um, excuse me, pigeon? Okay, Do you have a name? No! I'm trying to do like a cooing yeah, thing. Yeah, that worked quite well actually. Yeah. Um, okay, do you mind if I call you Pigeon? No. Okay. Um, have you noticed uh, any strange birds around recently? Acting out of the ordinary? Parrots are dicks. But that's usual. <laughs> that's true. Out of character. I have a parrot and I hate him. <laughs> um, <laughs> parrots are the worst. Um, sorry, what kind of bird did you say that when I rolled my check earlier? A rook. A rook. Um, have you noticed a rook around? I describe it in case the parrot, or in case the pigeon doesn't know what a rook is. Uh, I'm gonna roll a thing for this pigeon. <laughs> Oh, that one. Sure. Um, do you know what it's been... Has it been doing anything interesting? Has it... Do you know where it's been flying? Uh, if it's it been... It flies around, and then it lands on the elf's shoulder. One of the elves. They, the elf... This is like a translation thing. They think elf just means two-legged person. That's their word for two-legged person. This pigeon lives here. <laughs> yeah. Nowhere else. It doesn't need to migrate. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. Um, when you say it flies around, does it fly around a specific tree, a specific pyramid? Uh, Wherever she is, it flies around and does. It looks. It looks. Do you know what it looks at? Many things. Not food. I look at food. <laughs> what do you. So if it's not looking at food. Uh, is it looking at buildings? Is it looking at people? Probably. Um, would you mind, uh, is, would it be too terribly out of your way to go fly where you've seen it fly before and tell me what you see? Roll me persuasion and you don't get advantage. I know, because it's not a try. I'm not just one of I know. That's okay, I didn't need advantage. Um, that's a modified 20. Can you get me one of their seed pies? 
Yes, I can and do it, that. And does sort of make, like, with its wings, make, like, a, a round gesture. Yes, I can do that for you. I mean, I, I assume that I can. Yeah, uh, yeah. no, it's this easy thing. Yeah. Okay, those are hard to get. I will bring you a seed pie. Cool. Thank you. Um, I go and get a seed pie. Does it fly off first, or? It flies it... off first. It looks like it's going to try and tail the jay. Okay. <laughs> Not the jay. Uh, the rook. The, the rook. Um, so yeah, so I go and obtain a seed pie <laughs> and wait for the parent to return. Okay. I hang out on the back steps of the church for a little bit. Um, maybe try climbing up to the roof to, just to check that there's nothing weird going on up there. Okay, uh, roll me an athletics check and are you trying to be stealthy about it? Uh, yeah, I'll say so. Okay, so roll me a stealth check too. Okay, so this one is... let's go stealth first. There, uh, that's an 18 on stealth, I think. Okay. Yeah, 18. And then... The athletics check is... 26. Okay, yeah, you... so you managed to sort of skirt around the side of the building. No one seems to really notice you leaving except for... One person you notice sort of noticing you, but... It's uh, it's the silver dragonborn who's still hanging around, who clearly like looks at you and then just kind of shrugs because probably thinks you're going to go look at some really cool plants. Um, and then you manage to find a place where there's sort of vines climbing up the side of this. It really is just like a big square stone building, and so there wouldn't be a lot of handholds except for this vine that's growing very near it. So you manage to pull yourself up onto the roof. It's a very very flat roof. Um, if you went to the right sort of an angle, people could definitely see you down below, but you're, you're sort of at an angle where the building blocks it. And also I'm short. Yes. That is a bonus here. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I look around. Is there anything amiss up here? Um, roll perception. Uh, that is a magnificent ten. Um, no, it seems... It's, there's no skylights. There's no light getting into this building at all. There's no windows to this building. There is one door. Hmm. Um, and it is, you know, the walls seem decently thick. There's not really anyone up here as far as you can tell. Okay. Then I'm just going to chill up here, maybe look over the back a little bit occasionally. Okay. I find a nice spot to sit down and eat one of the pastries. I took from breakfast. Oh, yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you do anything else? No. Okay. So here's what happens. Um, I'm going to have you all, you already rolled a perception check, and I'm going to keep using that one, I'm afraid. Does the pigeon come back <laughs> before? Do it? Does it? Um, I think it's going to tail this thing for a while. Like, okay. it's probably going to find you at night. Okay. So, but both of you, I want you to roll perception checks. Twenty-two. That one. Um. <laughs> uh, so you patrol around. Yeah. Um. Most people clear out of this place. It doesn't seem like there's really anyone here. You do catch uh, the the kid Zakiti does sort of seem to be looking at some of the plants as well as the silver dragonborn is also hanging around a little bit more. Okay. Um, Those aren't really my concerns. So you watch them sort you know, like you walk around, you are patrolling, and 
um, there's an area that feels sort of colder than usual, and there's a moment, you're sort of around the back and the side, um, and there's an area where it feels sort of colder, and you almost feel, there's almost something that you're about to pick up on, and then the person you're sort of patrolling with trips over a vine and just lands face down in the dirt um, with a nat one that is what's <laughs> going to happen and manages and by the time that you you get her back up again and sort of brush off and she doesn't look so pissed off because um, you, you face planted um, oh got you yeah <laughs> that was that was your nat one it distracted your friend here um, the the feeling is gone uh, however a few minutes later I I just felt a bit of kind of cold something. I'm not really sure. I thought I'd mention it. Okay. Um, not something you would have heard of, is it? Uh, there are many things that can create a cold sensation. It could be actual coldness. It could be magic. It could be any number of things. Let's keep an eye out. Sorry, um, a few minutes later. A few minutes later, you round back towards the front of the building, and all three of you hear from inside the temple a very loud, awful, terrible wail. I immediately go inside. Uh, I go inside. inside. Um, or them. I go with them. I don't. I don't have an easy way to get in, uh, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna do a quick run around to see if some other way in has been opened, um, or if somebody's knocked down a bit of wall or something. Okay. Um, so roll an athletics check to see if you can get the door open. The big stone door is open. Oh, that went well. Seventeen. Um, you managed to get them open just enough for you to you two to slip through one single file. Um, you do not manage to get them open any more than that, so there will not be additional aid coming your <laughs> way necessarily. Um, so at this point I'm gonna have are you are you first in? Yeah, I am definitely first in and okay. I'm also gonna shout for guards. Okay. You uh, so I'm gonna have you roll initiative. All everyone roll initiative. Um, Nat 20. Ooh, okay. Oh, wait. I like how I just I went from a 1 to a 20. <laughs> um, wow. That did me a little bit of good. Um, 11. It was going to be a 6 until I remembered I have advantage because I'm a barbarian. Nice. Okay, so we have a Nat 20. Which is a 21 total. I've got a 19. 11. Um, so, you rush into the temple. You are an elf, so you do have dark vision. Um, and there is no light in the temple at the moment. There is just a single stone altar upon which appears to have like a, it, it's sort of, um, the top of it is water, but it's supported by sort of like a very clear crystal base that's full of sort of water plants that are growing and things like that. Um, and the entire place, despite having no sunlight, does seem to have various plants growing, um, and there's clearly a spot where there's sort of a soft layer of grass where uh, the Amira had been kneeling, and had had been. She is now unconscious on the floor. Okay. What you see floating above her 
are three figures, all floating, none standing. Two are sort of white, spectral, terrifying creatures that have sort of long hair that hang over most of their faces, exposing only their mouths, um, wearing sort of indistinct spectral clothing. Uh, and the other one, uh, the other one is sort of a, a darker color, it's closer to gray, it is also got a hint of blue, it's pretty see-through and it appears to be just a, it looks almost just like a, like a peasant or someone who's just, you know, there's a ghastly, like, wound across this slightly see-through floating person as all three of them stand over the unconscious body of the Amira. Uh, first up in the order is obviously Alex. You uh, just pushed your way inside. Okay, and I can or can't see him, Tamara? Uh, you can. Okay. Because uh, um, I, I'd say you're just inside. Uh, can I get to her? Yeah, sure. It will put you in melee with these things. Um, uh, with both of them or just one? Um, with all three of them. They're all oh, hovering oh, around all, her. All three of them? All three um, of them are hovering. It's two of these white spectral forms and one uh, of the gray. Uh, that's okay. Mm. I am going to... Yeah, I'm going to get to her. I don't care if I'm in melee. Okay. Um, because I'm entering melee and not leaving, they don't get a tax opportunity, right? Yeah, it's leaving that, that yeah. matters. Um, so I... Yeah, I go uh, stand by her... And I uh, make a spirit ward. Okay. Spirit ward. Um, so it's a radius of 30 feet centered on me. Um, and it, when inside the ward, friendly creatures cannot be charmed, frightened, or possessed by spirits and have resistance to all damage from spiritual sources. Um, and additionally, if a friendly creature would be reduced to zero hit points inside the ward but not killed outright, the creature becomes stable. That lasts for a minute. Okay, and that's would be reduced, not has been reduced. Um, yeah, would be. It's from the point uh, that I cast it on. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you, you run up, and, and what form does your spirit, what does it look like? What kind of energy is it? Is um, it like, do you trace like a rune in the air that then expands? Is it a color? Yeah, well, I, I suppose I take out my athame, uh, mm -hmm. for casting. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I guess I, I sort of, I use the athame to sort of carve a rune into the air in front of me, which then appears on the floor, like, lit up. Okay. Yeah, cool. You do that. That happens. So next up in the order is Beltus. I run up to her and lay on hands for 20 points. Okay. Um, she comes to consciousness, uh, where, for flavor, where do you lay on hands? <laughs> um, we'll go the forehead. Okay. Yeah, and so, uh, she, she comes to consciousness and she sort of jerks awake and she's pale and she's shaking and she sort of, uh, clutches your hand briefly as it touches her forehead and she looks scared. I got this. I promise. Shield of Faith, plus two AC for her. Okay. Uh, next up in the order are two, the two similar creatures. Um, so, 
one of them, the first one, is going to open uh, her mouth, the sole thing, sole feature of her face is not hidden by her hair, and let out a very similar horrific, ghostly, mournful wail that speaks of just incredible terror and sorrow. And uh, everyone who can hear it, roll a constitution saving throw. And you get plus three because you're next to a paladin. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I presume I'm out of range. Yeah. Fifteen? Eleven. Okay. But you're in the ward, right? Oh, yeah. Definitely yeah. in the ward. That's good. Thank um, you. Yeah. So here is what happens. Both you and the Amira appear to have sort of stilled themselves. The Amira seems to be clutching your hand and seems to be okay. You sort of resist this. It almost knocks you out. And she seems to actually have suffered from this just previously and seems to be able to sort of fight it back. And you only, the two of you only take eight points of psychic damage. Um, you drop to zero hit points. Shit. <laughs> but you're in the ward, so, so you're, you are stabilized. stable. Cool. Um, and uh, is that already halved? That would be halved to four. Yeah. But unfortunately, it's not right, a yeah, hit it's point. Yeah, it's like an effect rather it's, than a hit You failed the saving throw, so you drop to zero hit points and are unconscious. All right, then. Um, so you're having just like rested your hands and you got <laughs> this to the Amira. You then... Your eyes sort of flutter and you, and you shake and you, you just sort of, it's almost like you're being pushed out of your body a little bit and you feel yourself fall and you are no longer conscious, but you are stable thanks to spirit work. Next up in the order is Yasni. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, is just gonna try to speed to the edge of the building, get down and get in. Okay. Um, I would say with your movement, roll me athletics check real quick. All right. Uh, that's a 22, I believe. Yeah, I think just you spend this turn getting inside, and we're just going to say that the next turn you are inside and you can fight things. All right. So you do still have, you use your action of dash to do that, mm-hmm. um, but you do still have your bonus action if you would like to do anything. Um, I'm good. Okay. Uh, next up is uh, the Amira who is currently at 16 hit points. Uh, But she is going to uh, lean over, terrified for you, and do a third level lay on hand. Not lay on hand, sorry. uh, Cure wounds. Awesome. Uh, So you're going to get a certain amount of hit points back after that happened. Oh, man, she rolled really well. You twenty, you get twenty hit points. Oh, she's wow. the exact same thing for you. She's like, and she's 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 leaning over you, and she's very worried. She's got like her hand pressed over your heart, which is where she seems to sort of restarted it. Okay. And she's like, "Are you okay? Are you sure you have this?" They're not hurting you anymore on my watch. Um, and then it's the final creature's turn. Who is going to... This creature sort of glides forward and attempts to sink into Istar, Amira Istar's form. But she's inside the uh, 
ward, right? Yep. So she um, so ward, can't uh, be possessed, correct? Cannot be charmed, frightened, or possessed. Yep. So she uh, it attempts to sink in, but without even having to try your ward, sort of like, there's like, it's almost like saran wrap between <laughs> the, the creature and her, and it just sort of gets repulsed and shot backward as it sort of rebounds. Leave room for quaddle. And she, uh, and she sort of turns around, frightened. She doesn't really know what's happening, but definitely whatever this was just attempted to possess her. Um, So that was its turn. And next up, we go to the top of the order with our good friend. Or is it? Are you going by Liberty for this then? Um, Yeah, uh, Liberty would be the name that that because. She has the yeah. extra identity, so yeah, Liberty is sort of what they would know her as. Okay, so I'm going to call you Liberty for now. Okay. Um, okay, so I am going to, first off, for a bonus action, um, release the Spirit of... Uh, desire? Yeah, I'm going to release the Spirit of Desire, and I'm going to... I can uh, dismiss a, a, a spirit or number of spirits uh, I have bound to help me... Uh, uh, I can, yeah, release them as a bonus action and recover a single expended spell slot of a level no higher than the combined level of the spirits. Um, it was a level one spirit, so I'm going to regain a level one spell slot. Cool. For my action, I'm going to bind a spirit of agony at level one. Cool. Yeah, I don't have what the spirits do open. I just yeah. have your thing, so I'm just going to yeah. trust you to keep track yeah, of that. The spir- uh, yeah. And you don't have to explain it to me right now. You just tell me when it's relevant. Okay. Because good podcasting. Yes. <laughs> So, uh, what does this look like, by the way? I think, does, like, just, like, a spirit, like, is it, do you think it's visible when you release a spirit? Um, yeah, I imagine that it's, like, uh, it's not quite possession, but it's, like, I, like, call it into me, and so then when I release it, it, like, sort of bursts out of me and goes free. So, uh, Liberty is an attractive tiefling already, but there's been this sort of shimmer to her purple skin, and her hair seems, like sort of just nicer, you know, like whatever, it's just sort of better. And then there's this moment where there's like a, a almost a burst of energy off of her as if something's leaving and things are a little bit duller and then this sort of twisted, almost darker energy. Her skin looks sort of a shade darker, maybe her hair is a little more tangled, that sort of look. Um, you almost look a little bit like these creatures that are attacking you. Next up is Beltis. I'm gonna cast Divine Favor as a bonus action, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna stab one, the one that tried to possess her. Cool. 24 to hit. Oh yeah, that hits. Excellent. I would be really worried if it didn't. So I've got 12 piercing damage and one radiant. Yeah, so you, you take this moment, and in this place, it is very easy to call your magic to you, as uh, Kotal is your god as well. Um, this is his temple, so you do manage to sort of pull that in. Um, so I'm actually going to give you advantage on the d4. Cool. Three radiant damage. Okay, and that's going to be doubled Sweet. for these creatures. Um, these creatures specifically in this place. However regular damage from just your rapier does nothing. All right. Well, uh, there's clearly only one thing to do here. I stab it again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Nat 20. (laughs) Oh, good. Uh, So I will do six radiant damage. Okay. 
rolling so well on my rapier, too. <laughs> uh, so that 6 is going to double to 12, so that's a total of 18 this round. Um, so you're, you know, like, you, the radiant damage is hurting, you know? It's, it's painful for this creature. It sort of rears, your rapier sinks in, and the rapier itself just passes through this non-corporeal form. There's nothing for it to hit, but this divine sort of, uh, it's almost, it's not sunlight, but it's got a quality of sunlight to it, this radiant energy that settles around it. Um, it does sort of fizzle out from the sword every time it comes into contact. Um, I look very satisfied on this page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does not look pleased. Uh, next up are the sort of white spectral creatures are going to step forward and they are going to do uh, two attacks on you, one each. Okay. Uh, cause you've got the spell up. Yeah. Oh, that's an 11 to hit. Um, that is my armor class. Oh, good. Oh, really? <laughs> awesome. Okay. So the second one. Well, I'll... That one's a 20 something to hit. Um. So when can I declare that I'm using protection? Is it oh, after you roll or before you roll? It's after I roll. I th- you can say, er, it's after, it can be after, any time before I say whether it succeeds or not, however, because this is your first time using it, you can say I do that. Oh, thank you. So, you can block, you, I'll I stick my shield in front of disadvantage you. Disadvantage on one of those. Yeah, that one is like a two, so that is, um, but one does hit, which is gonna be 17 points of necrotic damage. Does it get halved? Because, yes. Okay. So that's, that gets halved to... Eight or Eight nine? points of necrotic Eight damage as it reaches its hand out to you and sort of attempts. One of them sort of gets repulsed. Um, you throw your shield in the way, and it's not so much the shield repulses it so much as they've seen you doing radiant damage, and so they sort of, anytime you move, sort of move back, um, and that sort of distracts them long enough for the, the attack to miss. But the I other one does strike home. Some of it is absorbed by your spirit ward, but some of it is not. Some of it goes through. Um, I'm a huge fan of that spell. <laughs> Uh, so next up in the order is Yasmin. It's not even a spell, it's a class ability. Oops. Oh, cool. Um, it's awesome. Yeah, so I roar, good, it's time for a fight. <laughs> I pull out a war hammer in one hand, my long sword in another, <laughs> I charge in. Okay. Um, even though this is obviously going to be wildly um, ineffective. And a storm rises around me as I run into attack. Um... So yeah, first I'll try to hit with the long sword. Okay, are you targeting um, uh, the one that's been hit or one of the white ones? I'm going for the one that's been hit. Okay, so that's uh, uh, that one, yeah, that's the ghostly gray one, ghostly gray. Okay, uh, also this is going to be a reckless attack. Awesome, so you get advantage on the attack. Mm-hmm. So that one is a... 18. That hit. hits, definitely. And that does, ooh, Eight plus four damage, so twelve damage. Um, so that that, that guy, that particular guy, is uh, oh no, that's not an immunity, that's a resistance. Oh, I should have been. Oh, I can give you the numbers. Is, yeah, because they were both sevens. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll I'll add that on. Uh, cool. so that'll be. Yeah. So it was. Uh, there should be another twenty-four damage in there. Uh, twenty-four before heaven. Um, because I got 7 plus 5 each time. Okay, yeah. 
Uh, so that would be, yeah, that one's looking way rougher than I thought it was. I knew that was weird. I was like, what? There's a barbarian in the party. Why would I have something <laughs> that can't be killed by non-magical weapons? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I swing at him again, uh, this time switching to my war hammer. All right, sure. Um, uh, wait, that was an 18 to hit? Yeah. So that did hit. What was the damage from that? Um, that was a plus four, 12. 12. Okay, this thing's looking really, really bad. This thing is like, you you swing your sword through it, and you like slice the image in half for a moment, and it's still trying to knit itself back together. When I come back in with my war hammer, and that is a 25 to hit. It definitely hits. And it does... You do not have to roll damage. Eight bludgeoning damage. Yeah. Um, you... You just come back in with this sort of swipe up and the in like the opposite direction that you swiped down with your sword, you swipe <laughs> up with the um, hammer and it just shatters this thing. Like it just turns to wisps and it cannot hold itself together and it is gone. I roar triumphantly um, and nice. I'm going to use my, um, yeah, it's not even a bonus action for me to use the Storm Herald stuff. No, it's cool. just what you do. Um, but I can use my bonus action to hit with one of my weapons. Because I'm dual wielding. Doesn't that give you... Yes, you can yeah. use your bonus action to do that. So you get three attacks per round. That is how I built that. Mm -hmm. um, and that is... That hits. That's like a 20... 24. Oh, yeah. um, and that does... Since it's a bonus attack, it only does... Yeah, it only does two damage. Okay. Um, um, so, you know, that's, it, it's not, these things seem to like pull away a little bit and you just get a little bit of a, like a little, you carve off a small wisp, but they're, they're still coming strong, these white guys. And also, they get to make a dexterity saving throw. I think the we'll same one that I hit. Yes, the same one that the I hit, hit will okay. make a dex save. Oh, that did not roll well. Um... Yeah, that's a, that's a seven. Yeah, so in this stormy aura that's been swirling around me, something like lightning crackles out of it, uh, and it takes mm, four lightning damage. All right, and it takes the full of that, so it does that sort of, it, it almost finds the place where you carved a little bit of the wisp off, and it sort of shoots up further into it and disperses it a little bit more, and this thing does not look happy, but it is going to keep coming at you guys. Uh, it is now Istar's turn, um, and she is, I think for the moment she's still pretty freaked out, so I think she's just gonna do a second level cure wounds on you. Oh. <laughs> she just dumps it in you. She's like, I don't know what to do here. Um, so, oh, really good. That's gonna be 17 more hit points for you. Wow. And she sort of clings to you and does uh, what little she can. I shoot her kind of like a we glance if I have a free hand I'll like caress her cheek are you guys an item are you <laughs> no are you in love with the princess no uh, this all makes a lot more sense yeah uh, it's your go liberty okay so I'm still in melee with three of them two, uh, two of one's them one's dead one's dead one's very dead um, and uh, of the two one of them is injured yes okay is the one that attacked me the dead one? Or is the one that attacked me still... No, the, both of the ones that attacked you are very much alive. Right. Um, which one Well, alive. They're still here. Yeah. 
Which one? Which one succeeded on the spell? Which one? Which one succeeded in casting a, a necromancy spell against me? Um, they didn't cast a necromancy spell. They reached out. Or, or they did necrotic damage. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm gonna, for the simpler sake, the one that's damaged. Okay. Because that was one that was closer for you to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of smirk, kind of snarl, uh, and I say, "You're gonna try a necromancy against me." Um. And I reach out and I, uh, or I cast Vampiric Touch and I reach out and touch it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm still in the spirit ward. I'm just sort yeah. of touching it. So roll a melee spell attack. Huh. Well, it was a nat 20. <laughs> but would but you it was have rolled it if it was a bad thing? Probably. Because it before, then yeah. Okay, that's still not bad. Um... Uh, my sp- I add my spell attack bonus? Yes. That's 24? Yeah, that hits. Uh, roll 3d6 necrotic damage. I do. I have a Um, and because of the, uh, Spirit of Agony, I get to re-roll ones. Okay. So, and then, uh, nine. Nine. Okay, so you reach out and you actually, like... There's a way that you manage to get your hand sort of around, not a, like, you almost grip and circle the wrist of this creature, which is hard because it's not really physical, it's sort of halfway there. This is the feeling of spirits, you know, it's the way that they typically go. Um, you can feel, you cast this spell and you laugh, and nothing It's immune to necrotic damage? It's... The damage, the, the dark necrotic energy sort of snakes its way into its form and mixes with the inherent dark necrotic energy there, and not, there's no damage taken. Um, it's your go, Beltus. Um, I'm gonna do some more stabby. That's an 18 to hit. Uh, yeah, that hits. And I continue to roll tw- uh, sevens on my d8s, so I've got 12 piercing mm-hmm. and 4 radiant. Okay. Um, and is, are you checking the damage or the damage one? Damage one. Okay. I want them all dead. Well, I, I want them dead as quickly as possible. I want to eliminate the threats. And that one will... Oh, no, wait, I get advantage. Oh, that's exciting. That hits, then, um, with a 24. Okay, yeah, that hits. And uh, I assume it's within five feet of its friend. Yes. Okay. Um, then I've got nine piercing and four radiant. Okay. Um, yeah, that one's looking pretty beat up. It's looking pretty rough at the moment. Um, it, it's having a hard time, again, holding itself together. You sort of reach out, and your rapier does piercing damage, so it's almost more like you're poking holes in this thing that it can't quite knit back together. It's almost a polka dot ghost <laughs> at the moment. It's not a ghost, it's a banshee. Um, it is their turns next, uh, so they uh, are going to reach out... I think they're going to do one attack on each of you because you're, okay. the, you're the guys doing serious damage. So first off against Beltis, <laughs> that is a six to hit. <laughs> <laughs> That'll miss. And I'll make it hit its friend and see if that works. Oh yeah, sure. Um, I don't think it even so gets a save. I just use my reaction. Yeah, because you can only do it once. once but that here's the only thing. If you do that, then you can't use protection. But oh, got it. It's going to be hitting... Um, and it has advantage because I... 
Yeah. Reckless Pact. Okay. So you would even it out to a regular roll if you use protection, but also it is a barbarian kind of sad hit points, so kind of sad hit points? Sack of hit points. Sack of hit points, yes, <laughs> I was going to say. Barbarians <laughs> have tons of hit points. <laughs> yeah, and I'm kind of pissed at it, so I'm gonna make it hit its friend. Okay. Um uh, so is it immune to being charmed is the first question. Um, it is, yes, it is immune to being charmed. Sad? Okay, well. So then. it doesn't, it doesn't do that. Yeah. So you attempt to. My ability and is wasted. Yeah, you, you attempt to, um, you sort of, it's almost like this force of, of personality. You sort of look at it as it's coming at you and you push, you just sort of step out of the way and you sort of try and with just your, almost just your gaze, guide it towards its friend. But it just, it doesn't care what some little living creature is trying to get it to do, is the other one is going to roll with advantage on you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a nat 20. Oh, dear. Sorry. <laughs> that's like when you get my plus. <laughs> um, so that is 26 points of necrotic damage, have to 13 because you're within the spirit ward. Awesome. They think I care. That's funny. <laughs> As it reaches out and it does seem to, it's almost like it's pulling the life from you, not into it, just out of you. Um, uh, and it is now your turn. That just makes me angrier. <laughs> um, this time, yeah, I'm not going to get reckless, I think, but I am going to hit it with my long sword. Mm-hmm. Nat one. <laughs> okay, so you you swept your your legs gonna like. Actually, it's your shoulder. Reach out and touch your shoulder, and your shoulder's a little asleep. Like, the blood there is a little sluggish. And so you're just off, and you just sort of swing wide, and you're like, oh, God, why? That's fine. I still have a hammer. <laughs> um, so that one... Ooh, that's much better. 24. Definitely hits. So are you attacking the one that attacked you, or the one that's damaged? Um, I'm going for the one that attacked me. I'm a barbarian. Awesome. Uh, and that does 5 plus 4... Um, nine bludgeoning damage. Okay, are you including your rage damage in that? Wait, I get more damage for rage? So you get a plus, let me see your sheet. I think I did this. Oh, yeah, okay, I thought that that was a mistake. Okay. You get rage Raging is awesome, cool. Um. (laughs) So you do 11 points of bludgeoning damage. Yep. Okay, yeah, so that is halved to five. But, um... Yeah, I mean, this is the first time that one's been hit, um, and you do disrupt a little bit of the image. Like, there's like a chunk of the stomach that's just gone, and the creature sort of almost looks down at itself, like, really, dude? <laughs> I'm gonna give it another hit. Okay. Don't do this to me. <laughs> it's gonna be a little pain on the audio now. Um, meh. That one is a 15. Uh, that hits. Roll damage. Oh, good. Uh, that's a four plus six, ten. Okay, so again, uh, is this with the... Or, oh, this one isn't plus six. This would just be, uh, plus two, because I'd still get the rage damage, so... Yeah. Uh, six damage. Six Same damage. Guy. Okay, so, yeah, this one's looking, you know, still pretty much there, but again, you're, you're tearing pieces of it away. It's slipping away. Uh, ha! And don't think I forgot about you. Um... Lightning at the guy behind me. Okay. Uh, so... Key gets a con save. Nope. It doesn't matter what his modifier is, that's a four. It's yeah. a four. 
that will be 11 lightning damage. Oh yeah, that one's looking, this shoots in and it shoots into these holes that you've made basically and it just sort of tears a good portion of this thing apart. It is so close to dead properly back <laughs> to its final resting place, hopefully to stay this time. Um, and then it is Istar's turn again, um, who is going to first level cure wounds you. <laughs> triage either. <laughs> um, how, uh, uh, Liberty, it's your go. Okay. Um, so seeing that the necrotic damage didn't do anything, um, I'm gonna frustratedly drop that spell, mm-hmm. um, and I'm gonna cast Moonbeam. Awesome, uh, that's a con saving throw if I'm correct. Yes. And it does damage on their turns. Yeah, on their turn that does things. Um, do I roll the damage now, or do I roll it then? No, I'll roll it then. Okay. So we'll get we'll get back to you. We'll yeah. Come, we'll return to this situation. Um, but as a bonus action, I'm going to use uh, my forceful presence, mm-hmm. um, which uh, means I can force the spirit to grant its release effect without releasing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so when the damage happens, I'll get uh, extra die of damage. Okay. Or two extra die, because it's level two. Cool. Yep. Sounds good. Beltis. I'm going to see if I can execute the one that has been riddled with holes and lightning. Alright. 27. Oh yeah. 8 piercing and 4 radiant. Uh, it just sort of, you sort of stab, not where its heart would be, but where its sort of stomach was and release a little bit more of this like lightning that's still crackling through its form, and it just sort of fizzles. Away. Excellent. It is gone. So there's only one left. And I'll hit that one. 21 to hit. Yep. 12 piercing and 2 radiant. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You, you know, you turn, it's the winning strategy. You turn, you stab a little bit more, and you do manage to hit a pretty vital point. Um, again, aiming for sort of the stomachy, lungsy area. Uh, it is now their turn, so that one's turn. Um, so this is, uh, they're gonna roll a yeah. constitution saving throw. Which, what is their con? Uh, that's a 14. Uh, DC 17. Okay, yeah, it does not make it. Um, so you roll 2d10, uh, uh, so you roll 4d10. Yes. Nice. I mean, it's almost dead anyways, so I wasn't really oh, no, useful it's, here. It's but not dead. I, this, is the, this is the one that's alive. I said you cast another one that was alive. Yeah, no, but it was... Okay. Because the other one got killed. Yeah, I need more regular D... No, two D10. So nineteen. Okay, yeah, that's a, that's a good portion of radiant damage, and but yet yeah, isn't holy damage. You're not a holy caster in any way, so I'm not gonna double it. Um, so, but that is, it's looking. It instantly goes from hmm, pretty all right to being like, oh shit. Oh shit. Yeah, you better be scared. 
So uh, it is now that that is its turn, um, and it does its things now. Um, so it is. It doesn't have a lot of options. None of you seem pretty bad off. So it, it is going to try uh, something that it it doesn't know won't work. Your spirit word will stop it. Um, it actually sort of brings its hands up to part and reveal its just this horrifying, twisted face that is constantly stuck in this expression of pure, pure agony. Um, all of you would have to roll saving throws for this to see if you could avoid being frightened, but you feel yourself sort of, there's, it's almost like this ward between you and it keeps it, you from properly seeing it. There's still like a layer between you that you can't properly see, but something horrible has happened to this creature to create it. Um, so it uses its action to reveal its horrifying visage, and that is what it does this turn. So, Yasmi. <laughs> Think you're scary? Try this. Longsword. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go reckless. Um, that's a 25 to hit. Yep. And it does seven slashing damage. Okay. Uh, so, you know, like, again, you're, you're chipping away at it. And then second hit is, oof, I rolled two fives. Uh, that's a 12, though? Uh, that hits. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, and that does eight damage. Okay. Yeah, you know, like, you keep carving off bits of this thing, which is still sort of, like, shifting its hair back over its face. And then that's a 22 with 4 damage. All right, yeah, it's, um, it's getting down there, you know? Um, Istar, at this point, is not going to cast more Lightning bolt? Oh, lightning bolt, right. I get to attack all the attacks. Constitution yes. save. Right. <laughs> no. Two. All right then, that is another eleven lightning damage. It's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Through those like little bits that you carved up, you actually you you sort of carved a pattern really that like winds through and it just splits into and disappears in a mist. It it dies and it starts as it disappears, sort of sinks to the ground behind you and sort of breathes a sigh of relief. It was a Y for Yasni. Instantly. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay? I, I am now. Um, what time is it? It's still pretty early for about midday. Um, uh, and at this point, those guards that you called for <laughs> ages ago, who were further down, come bursting through the door um, and sort of looking around at things. Uh, and she sort of has to stand up and be like, it's all right. They, did we, we took care of it, it's fine. Um, I think perhaps this might be a point to break with tradition and leave, unfortunately. Perhaps I should repeat this day tomorrow. Um, I shall have to talk with my father about it. Yeah, and we're gonna have to check this place for any other little spirit friends hanging around. Does anyone have any idea what they were? Uh, can roll Arcana, or yeah. I think you might just know. I'm, I probably just know. It was two banshees and a ghost. Uh, ghosts can possess people. Yeah. Banshees can drop people to zero. Uh, it was it was two banshees and a ghost. Why were they here? Why would I know? 
Do they normally get summoned by people? Do they appear no. when there are natural events? Uh, Is there some sort of trigger that's common? Uh, I, they can be controlled by people. I, uh, you know, the. Um, I mean, you control things like that. Yes. Well, I control spirits. Yeah. Um, These they're not spirits in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they can be controlled. They're not quite the same as the spirits I use or, or I work with um but uh they can be controlled probably by an outside source it's likely someone was trying to get at you know i mean clearly what we walked in on someone was trying to hurt the prince uh the amira well thank you both for your service you've done very well um and it's hard to sort of clutch your hand and say it's gotta be harrow right they've gotta be making a move we'd better investigate the tear gets taken out tomorrow. Yeah. Well, that is if we're not pushing things back a day. I don't know if we can. I'll, I'll see if, but I might have to do both in the day. I'm not sure. This hasn't happened before. Yeah. Well, you're still going to be 100 if it's an extra day of ceremonies. Well, not. The time, it's a <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, uh, you're right. Of course. So, let's get you back to the to your dad then. Yes. Um, and then you do you escort her back to the royal palace, where she immediately goes into deep conversation <laughs> with a number of religious officials about how to reorder her. Uh, Ceremonies. Yeah. I steal more pastries. <laughs> Alright. I give her the rest, the rest of the hit points and I lay on hands. Okay, cool. yeah, she she thinks it. She casts another um, <laughs> another first level cure wounds on you, uh, just out of courtesy, but you guys aren't fighting anything else today, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. They, they do manage to work it out uh, that she is going to, they're going to push the, the next day is a major parade that takes her to every major religious site and garden in the city that she has to walk through and sort of like admire plants and talk about plants and <laughs> lots of things to do with plants. Um, however, uh, they push that later in the day and she will complete the remaining hours that she had to do in the temple in there. It's a little unorthodox, but it's what they've got to do at this point. Everyone is very tense. There will be increased security as she will, as she walks around, she has to physically walk it carrying this sort of, it's essentially the size of like a small child. This giant, it looks like an aquamarine, but it's cut more and sparkles more like a sort of a sapphire. The, the, the much tear. wanted tear. The much wanted tear. She has to carry that around tomorrow. So you have one night to prepare, essentially, or to talk to anyone that you remain want to talk to who you think might be involved with this. So where you each have one thing that you can do, or you can do it together. I'm going to, at least I need to talk to the pigeon. Okay. You know, the silver dragonborn was pretty observant. Um, he noticed me slipping away. Mm -hmm. I think I want to talk to him and ask if he spotted anything. Okay. Um, I think I'll chat with the bard. Okay. Um, so, you, we'll start with you then. The, the pigeon returns that night uh, to get the seed pastry. Yes. Um, and tells you in the same cocoon voice that bird flew around all day, you know, landed periodically next to the bard, 
look, you know, like sat with the bird for like five minutes at a time, then would go around and fly. The really weird thing that this bird, this pigeon noticed, that this pigeon in particular picked up on, was that the rook didn't eat all day. Interesting. Which, the bird, this pigeon just couldn't understand. Why would you not eat? Oh my god, why would you not? There's seed pastries you can steal or con out of people. As this pigeon thinks it's con this seed pastry, I don't quite understand what that means. Um, hey Jen, could you get me another yeah. pair as well? Yeah. My bowl is over on the little side shelf there. Uh, so while that's happening, and use mine's on the table. Uh, not me. I will eat one later. Um, so we're gonna do you while that happens. Okay. Um, so you find the silver dragonborn who is still in the royal gardens, wandering around looking at things, looking sort of. He looks almost older now. You know, like he sort of was very young in the daylight with other people sort of gone. He looks like a little more somber. So um, plants still enjoying the view. Oh, I mean, how how could you not love these these plants? They're so. So much work's gone into them. Yeah, they're really delicious. Most and other things. things. But also, yes. Also, yes. Yeah, so I noticed you around during the princess's ceremony earlier that all went to heck. Uh, yes. I don't suppose you happened to notice anything other than the local horticulture. Anybody acting weird. Everyone here is acting weird. It's oh. a weird situation. I mean, um... Maybe anyone who, uh, seemed a little bit calmer than everyone else when the princess Only leaped. persuasion. Alright. This is gonna go great. Um... Let's say four. Okay. He sort of, uh, looks, looks at you, and there is, like, a, a more serious note in his eyes at the moment. He says, well, I mean, you were on the roof. That was a little weird. Well, I don't think most people climb on the roofs of sacred temples. I mean, I've just been helping to keep an eye on things. That's why I'm here, too. They don't pay me to stay off the roofs. They pay me to make sure that other people don't go on them. So they pay you to make sure other people don't disrespect temples, but not to not disrespect them yourself. As long as I'm covert about it. Well, everyone's got something. But I don't think you answered my question. You sure you didn't see anybody else? Uh, there was a, a bard who kept playing. Uh, and there was a, a kid who didn't flinch the way that kids usually do. Wait, elf kid? Yeah, the one, that one. The one who is giving the orchid? Yes. Yeah, she's a weird kid. Um, she didn't... There was a scream and noise, and... She didn't flinch the way the kids usually do. Huh. Well, thanks. That's something to think about. Hey, I hope you see some more, uh, great plants. Oh, me too. Always, always looking for more good plants. It's sort of a eternal journey. Yeah. Find the best plant. You know, honestly, I sort of... I sort of like the greenery. I was stuck in a godforsaken little island for a while and then got lost in a desert, so... Yeah, I mean, the, this whole place would be like the, the desert if it, if it weren't for... Kotal. 
Yeah, good job on that gun. <laughs> for, for sure. <laughs> Very good god. Well, if you see anything amiss, tell me about it. And if you don't like me that much, uh, <laughs> you've probably noticed the Amir, Amir's guard around the paladin. She's got her head on straight. Here, wait. And as, as you like, as you're turning to go, he um, does actually reach into his. He's got sort of a, a seed pouch at his side, and pulls out kind of a walnut. He hands it to you. And he says, "Keep it. Don't eat it. Okay. Keep it. What's it? We'll find out." <laughs> I'm just gonna insight that one. Yeah, sure. Despite my, uh, totally legit. Score. Uh, that is still a 17 with an 18. Okay. Um, you. There's. The thing is that, like, there's this very. The, the nut in your hand, right? Mm-hmm. It feels warm in an odd way. It huh. feels strange. It feels sort of powerful, but. This dragonborn sort of leaning over you, and he's quite tall. Um, and dragonborn are like six foot five often. So he's like six foot six, six foot seven, mm-hmm. which is much taller than you. So he is really leaning over and pressing it into your hand. And there is very much, it's not honesty. There's definitely something he's hiding from you, but there's goodwill in him. Almost a sh- like a, it's almost like there's like a, a, a light shining from him, from his scales, as he tries to hand you this. I look at him thoughtfully. I accept it. Tuck it into a pocket. Well, have a good night. I'm gonna try to crash a little bit here. <laughs> and I have safe. You too. Um, so now, with the information from the pigeon, do you relay that? Yes, I relay that information. Do the two of you together go talk to Aethor? Let's do. Cool. Do you go to her room? Yeah, I guess. Okay. Uh, you, do you knock on the door? Yeah. She, after a moment, opens it, um, and, you know, sort of looks surprised to see the two of you, and says, Is there something you needed? Um, just kind of generally doing the rounds, and seeing if anybody knows anything about these things that have attacked the Amira. Um, you, you have any ideas on, on... who might have, what sort of person, anyone around here, might have been the cause of that? And acting Wow. Undead creatures attacked the Amira right, bef- be- right before, the, the day before a powerful divine artifact comes out, and you're right next to a nation of the undead. Now, this one's a tough one. Who might have done it? No idea, honestly. Since you know so much about this stuff, any idea what sort of range this this sort of order might have? Also, well, I am insighting. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> to see whether she's just yeah, being sarcastic um, or or whether she's actually assisting this. Um, I'm kind of trying to get her talking and just see mm-hmm. where she goes with it. Um, My insight is no, um, at, at an 11. My insight was uh, 18 plus uh, 6, so 24. Okay. Um, so she's, she's guarded. 
she's really guarded, um, and she is sort of, um, she's sort of, you're picking up on this, she's overperforming sarcasm because she, she wasn't expecting this question, exactly. We don't think you had anything to do with it, obviously, but... But you think I must know so much about it. No, I don't think you know any, uh, anything <laughs> about the specifics. I think that you, as you mentioned earlier, uh, you go on tours a lot, and I was wondering if you'd Not to Harrow. Well, how, should, how was I supposed to have known that? <laughs> We can ask if you'd seen anything, if you had any insights. Well, I only heard about what was in the temple. If you want insights regarding my particular knowledge of the world, it'd have to be a story you told me. I'd have to know what happened. I wasn't in the temple. How would I know what happened? Maybe if you had eyes somewhere else. Care to elaborate, or am I meant to fill in the blanks myself? I was expect with her. I expected you to be a little more forthcoming, just a little upfront about things. Not that there's a fault in that for you specifically. Is that an insult or a compliment? <laughs> well, it's really the mystery that makes it, isn't it? Ah, <laughs> uh, fucking hell! <laughs> uh, don't say that out loud. I just hate elves. <laughs> And that she sort of shifts backward. She looks you over very deeply, and you get the feeling like she's trying to read who you are before she gives like another little sort of noise, and the bird sort of flies in from further in the room to land on her shoulder. And it's, it's a weird-looking bird. Like, it looks like a bird, but there's something sort of off about it. I know. Can I try another arcana check? Yeah, sure. Um, familiars have to eat. But Polymorph people a, don't last all day. But it could be a druid uh, doing these shapes. But druids also have to eat. Yeah, but I mean, they could have eaten before the pigeon got there. Yeah, but that pigeon tailed for hours. <laughs> yeah. I'd also like to just look at the pigeon, at, at the rook. Okay. Um, also a no, but a 14th perception <laughs> for, um, a, for an age investigation. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to say that's also not high enough to, you know, like, the, the bird itself, it has um, black feathers with, like, a, a bluish-purple sheen in the sunlight. The feathers on the neck, shoulders, uh, head, neck, and shoulders are particularly dense. Um, the legs and feet are black. The bill is sort of a gray-black. It looks like a bird, but there's something, there's something about the way that it looks at you, the way it sort of cocks its head that's, like, a little off. Not humanoid. Exactly. Like it's it does it doesn't read quite like a person as a bird. Mm -hmm. It just looks weird. Okay. And did she have any reaction other than summoning the bird over when uh, I mentioned it? You know, she likes she looked she looked at you for a while. Like there was a long moment of just her sort of evaluating you before she called the bird over and she sort of called it over and now she's sort of posturing a little bit. She says, Yes, I have a pet. It's very exciting. It is a pet that doesn't seem to eat. Some pets don't have to. Really? I've never heard of a pet like that. What kind mm. of bird is this? Well, you know, you should really visit Shadal sometime. They have the most marvelous birds that they teach to survive on magic. 
can roll insight on that. Um, yeah, I'd love to do insight. Like, can I, um, uh, so I, I look at her and I say, um, you really, you know, I think from what I've, I've met, uh, from, you know, from our conversations, I think you want to be helpful. I, th I think you want to be honest with us about this. And I cast suggestion. Okay, <laughs> that's a saving throw? Uh, yeah, it's a saving throw. And now the DC is 18 because I have two spirits bound to me. Awesome, okay. Wisdom um, save. Oh, that's a nat one. Nice. Um, so she, she does turn to you and she, let me pull up suggestion very quickly just to get the exact terms of this because that <laughs> will change what she says drastically. Oh, she has fey ancestry, so she has advantage on saving throws against being charmed. Okay, so that's going to be, yeah, that's going to be an 18, because she rolled a 15, she has a plus 3. Which is the DC, so, so she, she, she succeeds, she saves. Sorry. Forgot it, it's that elf thing. Uh, fucking elves! <laughs> elves are the worst! <laughs> um, and she does, she does sort of turn to you, though, and she, uh, she says... There's like a moment where you think it's going to take, like there's a moment where she's distracted and she's like with thinking about this bird and there's a moment where she turns, and she, it is true for a moment. She wants to tell you something and then she stops herself and she says, and she sort of looks at you very, with a very hard look and she says, people who want to help usually don't have to be compelled to. And that begs the question, if you don't want to help, why don't you want to help? Why would I care? Are you not here on a job? Are you not? Yes, and I'm being paid. I. Why would I care? And if the if the ceremony is stopped, don't you not get paid? I also get to leave. Both are very good options. I like both of those options. They're wonderful options. I roll insight. Awesome. <laughs> oh yeah. What was your insight? Yeah. It was an eighteen. Okay. Uh, what was she saying at the time? Um. Oh, which, it was the magic, oh, right? The magic yeah, that was, I'm going to give this magic. to you. It was a fucking lie. Cool. She was just being ridiculous. She was like, oh, yeah, and Shadal, we have birds <laughs> that are sustained by magic. Okay. Um, this is uh, 24 insight. Okay. Um, there, there's something very, like, she doesn't, there's sort of a weird, there's a truth to the fact that she doesn't want to be here. Like, you can read it in, like, the tense. She's very tense. She doesn't like something that's happening here. But at the same time, in particular, the, the thing that they're both good options, it's almost like there's no good options here. In fact, at this point, she's going to sort of turn, because I'm trying to, I'm just going to move this along a little bit. She just sort of uh, look over both of you and she says, um, even if I knew anything, what would be the benefit in telling you? How's your intimidation? <laughs> um, intimidation is not as good as deception. Um, yeah, but, persuasion um, and deception are a lot better. <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting. You said yesterday that you live to serve, or you live to please others. You don't have to. I know it, if you, you know, you like to please others by hearing your music, fine. But if there's more to that, you don't have to. There are we can offer you, I'm, I'm sure you make a lot of money on your own, but we can offer you money, we can offer you protection, um, aid, anything. Like, you don't need to be fight. you don't need to be working for anyone. You should be able to work 
for yourself. Answer only to yourself. There are many powerful spellcasters here. I'm sure that if you're being threatened... You've hit the mark so wrong. You're, you've hit the bullseye on an in, the bullseye next to you. You're aiming for one, and you hit that one. Well, then tell us which one we should be aiming for. We want to help. What do you want? Hera wants magic items. It always has. That's a history lesson, not any secret I can reveal to you. Harrow steals magic items and uses them to grow and power itself. The tear is an irresistible target. Of course they're here. The question is, who are they? And I cannot give you an answer to that because I'm, I haven't been able to figure it out. Rest assured that I have no more love for Harrow than you. That's all I need. If you're looking for tactics, my guess would be that they've sent one of their vampire lords here. So look for the one who's a vampire. Thanks. Thank you for that. Um, I'm, I, I think she's talking to both of them. I just mm-hmm. double check. Uh, uh, um, for both of you, the thing that sort of convinced her to talk to you, like she did look at you very hard and when you were just questioning, it was the, I want to help. Like, we want to help. That is the moment that she decided to tell you this information and be upfront about it. But she doesn't believe you. Well, it doesn't matter if she believes us or not. We appreciate the information. I appreciate the upfrontness. And I am going to do my darndest to see that Hera doesn't succeed. I intend to present a good side to ally oneself with, should you ever desire to join the fight. Never presume that and that someone is not already in the fight. Then and I congratulations, you'll stop Harrow here. You won't stop it elsewhere. Now if you don't mind, I really would like to sleep. I'm playing the entire parade tomorrow. She shuts the door in your faces. Absolutely. Yep. Um, so that recontextualizes things then. Yeah, so I presume you guys tell me about it? <laughs> yeah, we do. You know, next time I see that bird, I think I might just chop it off her shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not beneficial if the bird is helping, or is, you know, aligned with our goals. Well, at least make her talk. <laughs> <laughs> How do we find a vampire lord? Well... Put some extra garlic in the appetizers? I don't know. You have a chance to ponder this, however, I'm going to narrate over it, so keep thinking. Uh, You go to sleep thinking about this question, you wake up the next morning, you see the princess at dawn once again enter the... um, uh, the temple. This time nothing happens, however at noon she does emerge into a very heavily guarded parade which she proceeds immediately from there. Uh, the way we're going to do this is if a plan occurs to you in the moment, <laughs> you can say, and we totally did this before, but we're yeah. 40 minutes past time, so 
I'm gonna try and get you through this final thing pretty quickly. So you you pass, you walk through most of the city today and she is carrying this massive thing and she's not necessarily the strongest person, but she does sort of hold it and it is beautiful. It catches the light and you can almost see as she walks like, it's almost like she's leaving like the smell of fresh plants behind her, you know, new growth, new soil, things like that. She leads this procession along the way, but heavily guarded guards on either side, you know, like guards behind. Um, clearly the road's been cleared ahead very carefully. There's far fewer people on the streets than there would normally be. As she is led um, around, she leads the, the procession around the city several times, visiting various sites. She finally comes to a the outermost sacred site surrounded by its own smaller pyramidal garden. This is a place where there is a um, a sort of spring surrounded by temple buildings and it's said that the water from the spring is pulled from one of the springs created by Kotal's tears uh, when they fell from the celestial plane to the prime material plane. Um, and she, there's a, at the center of this spring, there is a tree that grows there. And what she has been doing various days is, various places is going to these gardens, going to these important plants. Some of them are trees, some of them are shrubs or bushes or, you know, just, you know, rice paddies or something like that. And she sits for a moment in wherever she is with the tear, resting it helping this, this vegetation grow, reinforcing this sort of aura of protection that everyone has here, this uh, beautiful oasis that they have created for themselves. Here she goes to rest it in this sort of slight spring, slight uh, sort of depression in the tree. She puts it down for a moment and then out of the muck, a skeletal hand rises, and then another. And then the entire garden is in shambles as apparently skeletons climb out of the dirt across all this place. Everyone roll initiative. There's all now right. a horde of skeletons. I hear that there are barbarians in the world who have good initiatives. <laughs> I get an 11. With advantage, that's important. Yep. Um, so... Okay. Um, and then... Yeah. Alright. Uh, so... 25 to 20? 20 to 15. 15. 15 to 10. 11. 12. All right, uh, so first up in the order is Beltis. Um, I haven't fought skeletons before, have I? Uh, no, undead are not like the most common. You know, like it happens sometimes. They're suddenly a lot more common. <laughs> yeah, they, they seem to be. I'm not a huge fan of it. I'm gonna see if I can fix that. So I'm going to pull out my great beer and cast Divine Favor. Okay. And get advantage because I assume that there's another skeleton. Oh yeah, there's just, <laughs> you are literally all surrounded by skeletons at this moment. Awesome. Can you turn on dead? No. That's a cleric thing. Uh, I thought it was probably. So I'm not nearly that holy. 
Um, 25 to hit. Oh, yeah, that hits. Seven piercings. Does it do anything? Um, yeah, sure. You... What are its... I don't care. We're just going to feel this out, guys. Um, you basically, like, one is popping up. You actually managed to sort of slice the skull off and sort of part of the... It's a little discombobulated. It's not quite fitting together as well. It's, like, technically still standing. It couldn't really attack anyone. Okay. I've also got three radiant. Yeah, that... that it just sort of burns away the bones and, and then it, the joints don't lock anymore and it falls and the magic holding it together falls. Excellent. Uh, I'll, hit, I'll do the same to another one. 20 to hit. Yep. Six piercing and one radiant. Um, we'll just rule that that also, you know, like gets, this is like gonna be a feel it out because we're heading to the end <laughs> of the thing. Um, so, you know, like you, you, you're, are you carving a path? Uh, you're like close enough that you could grab uh, Istar, if you wanted to run, uh, okay. there's also stone buildings on the sides where you could like potentially lock yourselves in the tier in. You and know. Does she have the tier back, or is it still on the tree? Uh, she will use her turn to pick it up. Okay. In that case, I am just trying to clear the immediate area around us. Uh, next up is Liberty. Okay. Um, you may like you. You guys can decide if you want to fight this horde out here or if you want to retreat or anything that you want to do, I just, there are a ton of options. Feel free to get creative. Um, and it's a horde of skeletons and- Skeletons at the moment. And that's it. Um, um. Just a question. Um, are, do any of the skeletons have ranged weapons? The skeletons appear to all be attacking you like with hands and fists and short swords that they're pulling from things. Like these are, these were planted here to attack you. They were almost literally planted. Sink, you know. In that case, princess, get your tail up the tree. <laughs> we're over here within the safety of um, the spirit ward, which I then cast on myself because it's centered on me. I can't move it somewhere else. Yep. So, but you're near the tree too, right? At this point? I, no. No. no you, I am back wherever we were. Where everyone else. So you're about, you guys are about five to ten feet from the tree. How wide is the spirit ward? Thirty feet? Uh, yeah, thirty feet. Okay, uh, so she's, she might be within it. Um, it's a little, she might be sort of like, if she climbed the tree, she might actually, um, depending on how high she got, get out of the radius vertically. But if, but if she doesn't climb the tree, she'll be within the radius? If she doesn't climb the tree, she'll be within the radius, but you can also, like... Closer, maybe, and then yeah, I mean, it. I can move a little closer. I just want to avoid melee for the most part. I mean, you are in melee with a oh, ton okay, of stuff okay. right now. Like yeah. every, this is literally like this isn't just like around her. These things climbed out. Oh, out of everywhere. every tier of this garden, skeletons are climbing. This is a this is hundreds of skeletons, guys. Okay. In that case, um, so yeah, so I I do a spirit ward as my action, um, and I. Uh, release um, the spirit of uh, desire. Desire as a as a bonus action. Do it using the thing that mm -hmm. lets me clear up a spell slot. Cool. So you you do that, um, Yasni. It's your goal. All right. Um. In that case, I'm just gonna hack at the area. Cool. Um and. I would like to rage with my bonus <laughs> action here. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not going to be recklessly attacking, but, yeah. I'm trying to keep him away from the princess. A 
Uh, on skeletons, that does not hit. I mean, it does, but you don't manage to like shatter. You don't hit hard enough to shatter bone or anything. All right, so I'm gonna hit with my hammer again then. Oh, that's that's a nine. Yeah, um, that that also like they're just. It's something about the angle you're trying to swing at them with you being so. It just doesn't quite work. Then lightning. Okay. Fuck it, lightning. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, they're not going to save. Okay, cool. Uh, that is eight lightning damage. Yeah, you, you blow one of them up that you couldn't, you couldn't quite hit hard enough with the hammer, but you're like, fuck you, and it just sort of, <laughs> like, there's actually some people nearby, like, dodge a little bit of shrapnel, and they're like, what the? <laughs> um, it is uh, Istar's turn, so she is going to scoop up the, um, scoop up the, the tear in her arms again, and then she's going to turn and she's going to look at you specifically, and she's, she's going to say, where should I go? Um, that building, I point to the most defensible one. I'll okay. Path. Okay, and she gets ready to run as far as she can towards that building as soon as you were ready. Okay, I'll run in front. You guys run to either side. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't, the, I, I would have to cast the uh, skirt ward, it doesn't move. So it, it's stationary centered on where I was. We seem to have a heck of a lot of skeletons. Yeah, and I think we want to get somewhere, at least somewhere where she can't immediately be grabbed. Uh, so I think dashing for the building's worth it. As you have this discussion <laughs> and think about it, um, out of one of the side buildings, not a holy building, more like a, a sort of, just sort of residence, you know, like a dormitory. You hear the sound of hundreds of wings as, not hundreds, it sounds like hundreds. Like it's hard to identify how many wings, there's a lot of wings. A large number of bats fly out of there and sort of swarm around and then some of them land and as they land they change and they turn into humanoid creatures like the skeletons also ready to fight as you now have a number of some kind of probably vampire thralls also involved in this fight. Great. How so, fun. So we want to leave and regroup? Yeah. We want to get the fuck out of here. So at this point, I'm going to keep your initiative in case you get back into initiative later, but for now, I just want all of you to roll me dexterity checks. Straight up dexterity, no athletics? Uh, I'll give you athletics if you want. Alright. So I'll give you athletics or acrobatics as your options. I would really like athletics. Nat 20! Oh, good. Nat 2. 15. Okay, so uh, thankfully a nat 20 counts for two successes because Istar also failed. Um, so two of you together are like not doing well, but you manage to push it up to a success. So you run ahead and you actually take your warhammer, and this time having a better hold of it, you manage and you put one aside and double, you know, like even though it's not your typical style to do this, you do like a sweeping attack in front of you. So you literally clear a path to this building. The vampire thralls seem to have all sort of landed behind you, so you are dashing towards this building. Um, you manage to get through. I'm going to say without taking any damage, just because it's easier for the flow for now. Um, 
So you do manage to, you run into this building, there's these large wooden doors. Do you shut them behind you? Yes. Yes. There's a way to barricade them. There's like a crossbar that you can put through. Yeah, we barricade that. Okay. And look around the room, see if there are any more, say, vampires. Roll perception. Um, While we're looking around, I'm casting Spirit Ward again. Um, 24. There is an altar further in. This one is sort of made out of wood, a living wood. It's almost like a tree that still grows, but horizontally and only in this very small portion of flowers. And sitting on top of it, drinking a bottle of something that's clearly alcohol, is a small elven child. Who appears to have been waiting for you. Hi, what are you doing there? <laughs> Drinking alcohol, I just think it's okay. Um, and she sort of turns towards you, and this smile spreads across her face, and she says, Oh, good. I can stop talking in this stupid voice. And her appearance shifts pretty suddenly. It's almost like something sort of falls away. But her height doesn't change. Sitting on this altar is not a, ha- a, uh, a wood elven child, but a fully grown halfling woman with a sort of skin that was once, the dark skin, but a, a pallor is over it. And uh, dark hair sort of bound back pretty tightly into a ponytail, um, wearing incredible, beautiful purple robes and uh, leather armor over that that is studded with silver and a very gaudy, doesn't quite match the rest of her outfit, golden crown on her head. She turns towards all of you and says, okay, so we can do this the boring way or the fun way. Which way do you want to do it? Oh, I always pick the fun way. Great, I get to tear out your throats. If you can get there. No, I always get there. You know, I liked you better when you were a kid. Oh, that's so cute. I like me better like this, so luckily your opinion doesn't matter. (laughs) If we're doing it the fun way, I'd really like to get down to it. I'm starving. With that, I charge. Okay. Uh, so we're gonna go back and... While that conversation was happening, could Uh I have been, uh, finding another... Because that took... Yeah, 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 sure. Um, Okay, I'm gonna find... And you did get another spirit word down. Yes, I put it down. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I'm finding, uh, spirit of passion. Okay. Um, so first up in the order is Beltis. Uh, she is currently about... 50 feet away from you? Um, I'd rather fight inside the spirit board, but that's okay. Well, we can um, wait for her to come to us. Yes, yeah. you can wait for that. She she doesn't want to tear at your throat. Oh, true. Okay, cool. Um, I pull out a rapier and my shield and bare my teeth. Okay, are you going to ready an attack? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, she, at the end of your turn, she is going to use a legendary action to run 30 feet towards you, like in the blink. It's almost like she's there and then suddenly she's so much closer to you. And then top of her turn, which is next, she does run closer again. 
this time she gets close enough so you do get your tax off. Okay. Uh, how long did it take us to get to this building? Um, I'm going to say it took you about a minute. Okay. Okay, then I'll cast Branding Smite. Okay. Um, and probably miss her with the 13. Yeah, this one, that does not hit. Almost <laughs> everything else that would have hit, but this one in particular, no. All right. Um, it is now, so it's her turn. It is still her turn. Um, she is going to... Oh, I assume, so does that count as my taking the attack action? Yes, yeah, so you do okay. get to make two attacks. There we go, 26. That does hit. Roll your damage. All right, I've got 11 piercing. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've got seven radiant on top of the 11 piercing. Okay, so that's 18 points of damage. So I will keep also track of this here. Sheds dim light. Oh, yeah, she's glowing now. <laughs> she actually looks down and she's like, cute. Um, okay, uh, so now she gets to do her thing, which is she's actually going to run past you. She's not, she's still within melee with you, so she's not taking an attack of opportunity, but she is going to make one unarmed strike against you. You're, she's still a little bit short of you. Her height has not changed. All right. You're in the ward, right? Yep. So uh, she's an undead. Vampires are undead creatures. Yep. So, yeah. Does she have disadvantage then? No, she half damage. Oh. Uh, that's definitely gonna hit because that's a twenty-seven to hit. Yeah. Uh, so that is gonna be instead of doing damage, she is going to grapple you. So you are currently grappled, and she's going to use her second attack to do a bite attack against you. Oh, fun. Uh, which is a 28 to hit. Yeah, that hits. Um, so that is going to be... Five, nope. Five points of piercing damage halved to two. Okay. Um, and then... Uh, seven, nine. Nine points of necrotic damage have to four. That is taken away from your current and your max. So what she does is she she's completing her promise to you. She's come up, she doesn't tear out your throat from the front. She sort of comes at you from the, she has an unarmed strike at you. And as it hits, instead she sort of wraps her arm around the side and gets you up. So she's got one up under and one sort of clutched here. And then she, sort of reaches like her head over and sort of grabs in with these fangs that are now protruding from her mouth and um, takes as deep of a sip as she can get um, and she does regain some health from that and she draws out some of your blood and you do feel that energy leaving you and she seems pleased as punch <laughs> um, and it is now uh, Liberty's turn alright is this like a large room, like it's. Oh like, yeah, sure. Why not? Like it's like a big place. Yeah, it's like a place uh, of worship. Yeah, and it. Uh, okay. Oh, it's a place of worship. So it's people will be displeased, but not like they'd be happier to see this person dead than displeased if the if the building is like in shambles. They would be happier to see their uh, divine artifact not gone. Yeah, that would okay. be their preference. Okay. Um, I'm gonna cast Polymorph. Okay. And turn into a T-Rex. Awesome. Do you have T-Rex stats or should I pull them up for pull you? Pull them up, please. 
I, I believe the spirits stuff should still be in effect because uh, they're not equipment. They're yeah, in. and you may it's it, like even if you yeah like stuff magical effects hold over. Yeah, um, awesome. So that should still be a thing. Yeah. So you are currently a T Rex. Uh, you have 136 hit points. Note that down. Um, and you have uh, plus 10 to hit with your bite and with your tail. You can do, they have to be on different targets though. So because you're fighting one enemy, you're effectively only got one attack. Okay. Uh, your bite deals 4d12 plus 7 piercing damage. <laughs> um, and it will grapple if it hits. Um, and your tail does 3d8 plus 7 bludgeoning damage. But you're probably going to want to use bite. Yeah. Um, show her how you really bite. <laughs> 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 um, so yeah, so I, tur I polymorph into a T-Rex and I bite her. Um, or is poly polymorph is an action. It's an action, so, I have to an wait action. Next so you have to wait till next um, turn. And I can't really do anything on my bonus action, can I? No, because you are a T-Rex. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> I am a T-Rex. That's what happened. Yes. Um, well, I'm a T-Rex, and I'm going to try to get and, and between her and the... So you, uh, and the uh, well, between is sort of a <laughs> difficult thing here. You're just kind of around. You are huge. You are pressed up against the ceiling. There's definitely some cracks. It might be structurally damaged. You might want to be careful about, like, how you move a good portion of your body. But, you know, like, this is, she's a small creature. Like, she's literally, because she's a halfling, yeah. small. She can Try run. Try to break the grapple first. <laughs> like, yeah. Because I don't want to fight both of you. I don't know how that's going to go. It's your turn, Yasni. Yeah. So it's uh, an athletics check to attempt to break it. And is that my full action? Yeah. In that case, I'm just going to stab from the grapple. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't want to fight both of you. So my bonus action is going into a rage. All right. Um, that is a 20-something to hit. Oh, yeah. Um, 24 to hit, and that does nine damage, nine slashing damage with the longsword. Okay. And then go around with the hammer. Oof, my hammer is not... I'm apparently at a better angle for the longsword because mm -hmm. that one's only a nine. Yeah, um, that does not hit. Um, so yeah, this, the long sword, the thing with long sword is you can sort of like hack it in and it's okay. The hammer, you don't have the right angle, like you're, that's the arm that she's, she's got you in like a hold that you can like knock someone down from base. It's a pretty strong hold, pretty good hold. She's also like, she doesn't look that strong, she's really strong. Like you can feel like these are like bands of iron across your chest. Also, I'm bringing the, the lightning. Obviously. She <laughs> makes a con, a con save? Yep, con save. Uh, that is going to be a 14. Um, she ties it so she makes it, yep. but she still takes half damage, so that is five lightning damage. Okay, yeah, she takes that. Uh, so next up in the order is Istar, who is going to de move herself so that your tail is between her clutching the tear and uh, that thing, and she is going to cast, she's gonna try casting Fairy Fire. Awesome. Um, I think that means, she's gonna try and angle it so she just gets the little, she's gonna get both of you though. Okay. So you have to make a dexterity saving throw. Only 11 on the dex save. Yeah, both of you fail it. 
So both of you are outlined in dim light and all attack rolls against you have advantage. You know what this means? I should reckless attack the rest of the way out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because it doesn't stack. So there's fighting happening outside, but inside we go back to the top of the order with Beltis. Cool, I will Brandon Smite again. So I've got a 26 to hit, and that will do eight piercing and six radiant. Okay. And then I'm gonna hit her one last time. I will use a bonus action for divine favor. Um, All the radiant damage, 15 misses, I assume. Uh, yes. Okay, Uh, so it's now her turn. I forgot she had legendary actions, so she will be using those in the future. Uh, But this turn, uh, what she's going to do, I have to remember that she's a full-on vampire. Um, um, So she's going to roll a bite attack against you with advantage. Okay. Yeah, that is a 25 to hit. That might be a little higher than my AC. A little bit. Uh, So you're going to take... 10 piercing damage halved to five. Okay. Uh, and halved again to yeah. two. And then, oh shit, damage. Um, four necrotic damage halved to two. two. And she's gonna regain hit points from that. Not many. <laughs> um, and then it is your go. Um, okay, so I'm gonna attempt to uh, bite her uh, without biting. Um, that will give you uh, disadvantage on the attack, which will cancel out with the advantage. Okay. Um, so. Because she's a very small, they're two small yeah. creatures grappling one another. You have a very big mouth. Um, okay, that's not great, but. Um, plus 10. Plus 10, so that's. And then I can add, because of the spirit of passion, I can add a d6 to any d20 roll. Um, that's a 16 to hit? 16 just hits. Nice. So 38. Okay. Uh, so you, you do manage to get a big chunk out of her. Uh, however, uh, I haven't been mentioning this. You, your guys' like, non-magical attacks aren't hitting as hard as you'd like them to, but that's a pretty significant hit still. Yeah, she's and she's grappled now by you and restrained. The end of your turn, in fact, she's gonna make a bite attack on you, uh, which is a 19 to hit. Still hits. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's gonna be nine piercing damage, halved to five, halved again to two. Okay. And, ooh, good, finally. Uh, 13 points of necrotic damage, halved to six. What, is that supposed to hurt? She's getting very frustrated with this situation. Um, And then next up, it is in fact your turn, Yasni. All right. Here's how you really hit somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, And I am going to whale a couple of hits on her. Uh, I think I have advantage, yeah, because of fairy fire. Yep. Um, So, that is a nat 20! Nice. Uh, so that does 12 plus 6, uh, 18 points of slashing damage. Okay. And then my next hit 
Um, that's a 13, does that hit? A 13 does not hit. Okay, um, and I get one more offhand bonus hit. And, ooh, hi, um, 23 to hit, mm -hmm. and that does nine, um, nine bludgeoning damage. Okay, yeah, you're wetting her down, you know, she doesn't, she's, she doesn't look pleased at the way this situation is going, this is not as fun as she thought it would also, be. Also, she gets to make a con save. Mm-hmm. She makes it. All right, well, five uh, lightning damage. Okay. And somewhere in the background, get off of my back is playing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, at the end of your turn, she is in fact going to use one of her legendary actions to... She's going to release you from the grapple, and she's going to attempt to break your grapple on her. Um, so I'm going... The escape DC is 17. Uh, and she has a modifier that's pretty high. Um, um, and she rolled a 19. Okay. Uh, so she does, in fact, break out of your grapple, um, and she is going to, but that is her legendary action, so she's no longer grappled. It is now uh, Istar's turn. Istar is going to maintain fairy fire and throw a healing word your way. Uh, so she's just going to call out, uh, something in Elvish that you don't you don't know because you don't speak Elvish, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, but you do get back six. Uh, no, I think it was seven. Seven hit points. All right, I'm up at my new max, <laughs> um, which is sixty-seven instantly. Thanks, princess. Um, and then we're back to the top of the order with Beltis. Stabby, um, twenty-four. Yes, that hits. I've got twelve piercing. I am using Divine Smite at second level, so that is another 11. Oh, I forgot that she regained hit points. Oh my god. Ah. That's what I've been forgetting. I have to do that real quick. Keep going. So Cheers. I've got 12 piercing, 11 radiant, and another 2 radiant. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so 12 piercing, so 6 piercing. And 13 radiant. Okay. Yeah, significant hit, but then she doesn't. And have you been dealing Radiant this entire time? Yeah. Okay, so she hasn't been regaining hit points. I knew I wasn't forgetting oh, something. Oh, there we go, yeah. I've been dealing Radiant every turn. Um, 18 to hit? Uh, 18 does hit. Sweet, 13 piercing and two Radiant. Okay, yeah, she's not looking great at the moment. She's actually pretty beaten up and uh, it is now her turn and she regains all her spent legendary actions there. So the first thing she's going to do, um, she actually looks at all of you and she's like, well, I guess you're a different kind of fun than I thought. Um, and she is going to attempt to disengage and as her action and use her movement to run towards Istar through your legs. So she does do that um, and she moves technically 30 feet so she's like I'm going to say with all the extra dodging around things she gets right up to Estar and uh, has a chance to attempt to grab the thing out of her hands uh, which she will do at another legendary actions um, so that's her turn 
So next up is you. Um, so um, that's a 24 to hit? Yes, that hits. Um, as my bonus action, I'm going to do the, um, the agony thing. So I get to roll, I get two extra mm -hmm. uh, d12s. Uh, 36. Okay. Yeah, that's... A oh, wait, 36 plus 7, sorry. So that's... Forty three. Forty two halved is twenty one. Yeah, she's really she's not happy. Um she's grappled again. and she is grappled again. Uh, at the end of your turn she is going to attempt to roll to break the grapple. Uh which yeah, her modifier she has proficiency in that, so she does manage to break out of it pretty quickly, but she's really not looking great. Uh and she had to waste a legendary action to do that. Um, so, uh, it's your turn, Yasni. Alright, this time I just get to enjoy all of the advantage. Mm -hmm. um, without... Let's see what damage we can do then. So, first hit with my longsword. Seriously, a three and a four? Um, <laughs> yeah, the longsword swings by there. Well, it's hard with all this drag, all this uh, T-Rex meat <laughs> in front of you. Yeah, uh, I was dodging a little bit of tail there. But on the second one, that is a um, 21. That hits. Roll your damage. All right. That does 12 bludgeoning damage with my Warhammer. Mm -hmm. And then I'll get in one last bonus strike here. Uh, and that one is a 23. That hits. And that does 8 damage. Okay, so yeah, she's really, you guys have gotten her down pretty far. At the end of your turn, Lightning. She, lightning, right? <laughs> Do it. Uh, she Cut rolls a save. Uh, which she's going to use one of her legendary wrist resistances to choose to make. Okay, well, I am still going to do two lightning damage. Okay, yeah, she's, uh, she's pretty far down there, and she hasn't been managed to regen hit points, so she's, she's looking pretty bad. There's a lot of blood places. All her uh, her nice her nice purple clothing has been stained with blood. At least it was purple. <laughs> um, and it is now Istar's turn, and Istar is going to uh, maintain fairy fire. Uh, no one's really no one except you has taken any damage, and you're up at your max. Yeah. <laughs> um, your new max until you long rest. Um, she's gonna try and cast hold person. Uh, she's gonna drop fairy fire actually, try and cast hold person because she sees this person's trying to break away. However, she's gonna then the vampire whose name you don't know is uh, <laughs> going to try is gonna use a legendary resistance to make it no matter what. Uh, just to keep things moving. So, uh, Beltus, it's your turn. Alright, I will run up and stab her. No, I will not. Um, the stabbing is a lie. Um, um, and remember that you no longer have advantage. Yeah. It's alright, I rolled a 3 and a 2. <laughs> alright, next one is a 21. It will deal 6 points of piercing, 13 points of radiant. Nice. Yeah, she's not down, but she's pretty low. And the end of your turn, she is going to use a legendary action to try and pry the thing away from Istar. Oh, and it 
By the way, I want to be she, next to Esther as well. Okay, yeah. She fails to pry it away, uh, sort of because of the way that you've hit her. She's a little bit weaker. Top of her turn, she's going to try again. And this time she makes it. She does um, turn herself. She does manage to yank the tear itself into her arms. Um, and she is going to stay. Mm, she can't survive that. So she, she, she gets her hands on it and she looks at it. And she sort of looks at all of you and she says, Oh, fuck it. He'll get it later. And she drops it and she instead turns into mist and begins to float away. Okay, yep. Um, so it's my turn now? Uh, yeah. Um, so I draw polymorph form. Okay. Um, and I cast uh, Moonbeam. Okay, so Moonbeam takes place on her turn. Yeah. Wait, mm-hmm. Um, uh, do I know about vampires? Do I, like... Uh, roll me an Arcana check, my dude. Nat 20. Uh, sure, you know everything about vampires. <laughs> you had a bit of a vampire phase <laughs> when you're still figuring things out and what you wanted. It was before you found your spell book and you didn't know what you were doing and you were like, maybe if I was a vampire, everything would be better. Yeah. Oh, sounds right. <laughs> sounds correct. Um, so, uh, is she immune to necrotic damage? Super immune. Okay. Um, uh, I'm gonna cast Wall of Fire. Okay. I'm gonna aim it through where the mist is and hope it does its job. Okay. Um, so, I, I do that. She has to make a dex save. Yeah. Uh, so she's going to choose to succeed on that deck save. I'm not even going to roll. Okay. So how many? How much? Um, 5d8, and you'll have it. Yeah. And I have to figure out oh, looks like the vampire know. things real quick. Uh, you can also choose to make the wall a ring. Oh, do that. Oh, yeah, I want to do that. I want to make the wall a ring. Ooh, nice. Nice. Okay, 16, 21... Uh, 28, 33. Okay, yeah, so here's the thing. This mist evaporates in the force of this fire and turns to steam. However, that steam coalesces again into mist and begins to continue, at the end of your turn, does move its speed again out of the way. It's a ring of fire around it? went up and squeezed if air can get through it can get through so it's squeezed through and it is heading out the windows and that you know is like it's not typical of a vampire like there's something different that's happening here um there's something special Hmm. most vampires if you destroy their mist form or if you drop them to zero while they're in their mist form that will dispel the mist this vampire is keeping going. Uh, so you have sort of one more try to stop it before it gets out the window. Yasni. Um, let's see. Can I get within 10 feet? Or, no, it's 40 feet, I think. No, 10 feet. Can I get within 10 feet of it? Um, if you used, if you ran over your full speed and took some 
a little bit of damage from the well is it only one side of the wall that causes damage um, yeah it's all okay right. so then you wouldn't take damage because it was all the interior it was the yeah. ring of hell um uh you could get 10 feet underneath it sort of i'd give you that okay yeah so i'm gonna get there and yeah i'm at least gonna try lightning striking it okay I'm guessing I can't get into melee range because it's trying to yeah. go up top. So it um, rolls a save. It makes it. And yeah, it still takes half of seven damage. Okay, so this shoots into this now sort of steamy mist and it does carry across the water and there is sort of this bright lightning flash and all of you roll perception to see if you notice anything weird. Um, you notice for the moment that the lightning illuminates something and you can almost see that outline of that crown that she was wearing, that crown that didn't match her outfit, that crown that was so strange in the cloud as the lightning hits and the, the mist moves out of a window and gets away uh, and sort of dissipates into the, the world. Um, yeah. Well, to go stab. You mean we need to go stab some skeletons? <laughs> Just so that I don't lose my rage, I'm going to race outside to see if there are skeletons <laughs> to stab. Um, there are skeletons still. A lot of them have been taken care of by the extra guards, but there's still a good number here that are being uh, fought with. The uh, There's a, a number of dead vampire thralls of sort of around. They don't have that misty escape ability. Um, and they're... But there's others that have clearly turned into bats and are flying away after the cloud of mist. It looks like this is a retreat. Well done. This must be my birthday. <laughs> I'm going to go hit some skeletons. Oh, you have such a fun time. They're like, there's something shuddering about their energy that's changed. Like, they're not quite as together as before. And it's so, it's almost like, it's almost like a piñata. <laughs> You know, you just hit it and it just explodes places to the point where, like, you're, you're like, attacking the last few and a guard actually comes up to you and says, can you be, like, a little more... You know, took a guy's eye out. <laughs> then he should have stood further back, dang it. I like how you're just, like, murdering all these skeletons <laughs> and then you say, dang it. <laughs> I'm still Team Montana. Um, and the, uh, when the last skeleton falls, there's sort of a, a moment, there's no quiet. Immediately, the Amira is rushed back to the path. She does sort of give you a, a very tight hug, and she thanks you very dearly, um, and holds your hand very, very tightly until a guard sort of <coughs> <coughs> behind and goes, right, um, I have, mm -hmm, but, so, bye. Later. Um, and she does uh, rush away. She's sort of uh, immediately surrounded by guards as her, her ceremony has been utterly interrupted. Um, and you find yourself standing around. Um, roll, roll perception real quick. One, not natural. Okay, so you and you alone as she sort of leaves and you watch her go and you turn and you look around and you look back at where that vampire flew away back towards Harrow, you're certain of it. And you see 
a lone rook making its way across the sky, following. All right then. Um, yeah, sorry, I have lots of things to do. <laughs> uh, but we are going to yeah. end it there in this sort of relevant moment. There's one last thing I want to do, which is um, you see a silver dragonborn bent over mourning all the loss of these plants here very clearly and he looks like he's attempting to sort of put them back but he can't yeah i'm sorry about that a lot of your gardens got ripped up here huh it's amazing what um how quickly it can all be destroyed how quickly all this could go back to what it was before Not today. No. Good thing about growing things is they grow back, right? That does seem to be the way around here. Anyways, do you need the seed back? No, you keep it. Might need a moment. Didn't need it this time. Might need it next time. Good to have a walnut shell around. What's it do, if you don't mind my asking? Moment when you need when you need it most, it stops you from getting hit. Huh? Well, thanks. And if you need an escort, get in some place. I'm oh, <laughs> I, I find my way around pretty easy. Um, and in fact, as he sort of turns and he sort of he's bent over, he's still he's not really looking at you're sort of off to the side a little bit, and he's sort of bent over, and you catch sort of this light reflecting off of his back and for a moment you could almost swear he had feathered wings <laughs> and then the light the sh sunlight shifts all right well let me know then i turn around and head off all right and i think on that we're gonna end <laughs>